a uh, it's a chilly 32 degrees here. <laughs> I wish it was that warm. Where I live, yeah, it's it 13, was, 13 for me right now. You can have it. <laughs> you can have it. It was 20, 20 degrees this morning. It's supposed to get down to the teens tomorrow. We shall see. I I guess we're in winter here now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I th- I think we had like a week or so of fall, and now <laughs> it's winter. I don't fucking know. Yeah, and I was you know unloading our pod with all our stuff, and it was in the teens the whole time. And wake up in the morning, it was zero or two. You know, good times. Yeah. So you say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad it's over. It was miserable. Happy New Year, Chris. It's uh, 2018 now. Yep. You What's do. your New Year's resolution? I don't believe in them. You do- <laughs> it's not a fucking religion. It's not a deity. You no, I, I just... <laughs> if I'm going to make a change, I don't need a New Year to do it in. I think it's uh, that's, garbage. That's true. What's your fondest memory of 2017? Uh... What's yours? Uh, well, it's not getting into a wreck. More on that later. <laughs> uh, to, 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 not to sound cliche, but starting this podcast was one of them. I mean, we had talked about doing it for the longest time and bullshitted about it for so long. Mm-hmm. And then actually starting it and actually doing it and putting in the work to start it was, uh, it's been a ride so far. Nothing too hectic, but. I don't know if it's because I'm getting old or what. I keep saying that, but <laughs> I don't remember a lot about last year. It's it the, it's it was kind of the same thing for the year before that, except that the uh, the year before that, uh, my wife and I moved into a new house, so that was definitely a big change. Yeah. This year just kind of flew by. I think it's a combination of my work schedule and like her work schedule. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm kind of in the same boat where I don't remember a whole lot of things that happened. It was a very, I don't know, I think it was a very calm year. I can't think of anything extraordinary that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the End of Time cast. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. And I'm alive. Yeah. Still more on that in a minute. (laughs) Before we roll into the weeks, is there any well actuallys we got to talk about? I don't have any. I think there was actually something last episode that I was going to check, and I actually said I'll I'll check and I'll get back to you in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't, not because <laughs> I'm lazy, but because I knew I was right. So you can't prove me wrong. It's another perfect podcast, another perfect episode. <laughs> Chris, I guess I should start with my week, huh? Yeah. Go ahead, get that, go ahead and get that out the way. So, yeah, I, I'm alive after a horrible car wreck, uh, well, truck wreck, truck accident, a vehicular animal accident, <laughs> I guess you would say. So... <clears throat> We we live we live down here in the south. We live in the country, and the, I think the two the close to two years we lived at our new place. I've never seen deer on our road. I've seen two rabbits, and I've seen an armadillo one time. Either it was an armadillo or a possum. But I think it was like flooding, and that bitch like 
jumped in the water and swam underneath the culvert. I've never seen deer. Seen deer all over the coast down here mm-hmm. and all the places I've lived. Never seen deer here. But I, I mean, of course, it's, it's, there's country where I am, so I know they're here. So I'm driving home one night, a couple nights ago. Just average night, nothing spectacular, nothing out of the ordinary. I'm about probably two minutes from my house, driving down the road, and deer start, I, I saw them on the side of the road, but they were chilling, and of course, when I got probably uh, 200 feet from them, they start crossing the road, several, okay? And there was a herd of them, but they were moving so fast, I figured I could get around them. They were, I figured if, if I just get to the other lane, they would just pass over, which they were. They were, I mean, they went from zero to nothing pretty quick. And I tried to get over in the other lane. I was doing about 50-ish, by the way. I tried to get over in the other lane as fast as I could while also kind of breaking. And the last deer or so decided to fucking almost stop. So I had to get even further over. Uh, I tried to get I figured, okay, if I can just ride the shoulder, it'll be fine. But when they stopped to slash slow down, I had to get off of the shoulder. Still fine. I've got all-terrain tires, decent Toyota truck, totally fine, can handle whatever. But they had recently repaved our road, so the drop wasn't like two inches of pavement. It was more like six or seven. So that was one drop. And then the sudden jerking of me trying to get further over actually kind of pushed my truck further into the ditch area, which had ground up dirt from where they had done the repaving, which, so that was another drop off. So now my truck was at an angle. Now at this point, half of my, tr- like the, the road itself was dividing my truck in the middle, but that's okay. I was riding at an angle and that's okay. If I could have just rode that way and either braked enough or kept riding enough where I could, you know, guide my truck back up on the road, it would have been fine. But at about 15 feet, my truck hit a culvert. Now, I thought whenever I hit the culvert, I had jumped my truck. I, I knew it was fucked. I could feel it. I knew I had fucked my truck up. But I thought that I had jumped the culvert. Immediately when I hit it, <clears throat> Not only did my, did I, did I hear the truck crunch, but my windshield shattered. So it was, it was impact enough to fuck the windshield up. There was a lot of tumbling, a lot of screeching, a lot of crunching, blah, 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 blah. And the truck finally came to a stop. I was awake. I was conscious. I was fine. I did not black out at any point in this. I was just completely disoriented and discombobulated by what direction I was even facing. So I pulled, <clears throat> I undid, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, this fucking weather's fucking my sinuses up. I undid my seatbelt and I crawled out, crawled out of the driver's side window, which was crushed in. A car was coming down the road and I haphazardly like, hey, I wasn't bleeding. I wasn't unconscious. I wasn't vomiting. Nothing crazy. Like I, I was just, just a little bit dis- disoriented. The, the car didn't stop. I'm like, all right, well, okay. Uh, I got back in the truck because my, my cell phone had been sitting on my, on my passenger seat. So I had to crawl back into the truck and root around and find it. I found it. Luckily, that thing was still in one piece. I crawled back out of the driver's seat, of uh, the driver's window and called 911. Uh, a police officer arrived about probably, probably three or four minutes later. I called my wife in the meantime. 
uh, it goes to show what it what happens when you're a jokester your whole life because she thought I was joking. She was like, I, was, I said something. I was like, I just got into a wreck, almost hit freaking deer. She was like, ah, knock it off. I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> so she, what it was is I had texted her. I had called her. She was she was out hanging out with some friends, mm-hmm. and I had text. I called her, no answer. Of course, she's in the club, no big deal. I text her, call me, and then immediately text her after that, emergency. So not the same text. She got the text that said, call me, but she didn't get the emergency. She saw the emergency as I was talking to her. She was like, oh, shit. All right, I'm on my way. So the officer arrived, and I'm and I'm steadily looking at my truck. I, I managed to get back in and turn the engine off because it was still running. Of course, the horn was blaring, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and, I mean, the truck was demolished. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Uh, yeah, the the... The top of the cabin was fucking crushed in. The hood's bent. The whole, like, uh, left side where it hit the culvert was utterly destroyed. Just demolished. Um, just all around. Just, it was, it's fucking total. I'm waiting for the insurance company right now to get the, uh, verdict and, you know, cut me the check and yada, yada, yada. But I can beat him to the punch. That fucking truck's total. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm explaining to the cop. You know, he's he's asking me all the pertinent questions. You know, are you feeling dizzy? Are you hurt anywhere? Are you bleeding? Are you safe? Are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm talking just as I'm talking to you. I'm totally fine. And I'm explaining to him what happened. And he's getting confused and asking me more questions. And then I'm getting confused. He's like, <laughs> sir, which way did you come from? I said, well, I, I can't, I don't know what direction I'm, I am right now, but I came from the interstate. And he looked back. And my the my truck was facing the opposite way of the interstate, so he he was like, "Sir, you you came from that way. Your truck is facing that way." <clears throat> I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Sir, you didn't roll your truck. Your truck flipped, like nose over ass. <laughs> you flipped all the way over, and then I landed on its side." And I was like, "Oh, well, no wonder shit doesn't make sense." Yeah, that's what happened. Um. So the ambulance, he called the ambulance for me. They arrived, and I mean, I was, again, I was, I was fine. They wanted to check on me anyway. I had, a, I had one piece of glass, and I'm talking about it was like the size of the end of a thumbtack. One sliver of glass that was stuck in my finger from when I crawled, I crawled, uh, crawled out through the, the window. And I had some blood on my finger. That was it. So they went on their way. Wife arrived, the tow truck arrived. And just watching the guy use the tow truck to just jerry-rig and push and pull and tr- just try to get my truck right side up, was it was already more hell on my eyes than I needed. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I told her, I told my wife that I shooed the ambulance off. I was fine. She wasn't having that shit, so the next day she sent me to the hospital to go get checked out. And the doctor uh, was like, no, nah, man, you're fine. If you was any worse than what you think you are, you wouldn't be moving at all right now. It's like, I've seen these cases. You're you're fine. You're just going to be sore, blah, blah, blah. Here's some, here's some pain reliever. Here's some Flexil, whatever. Uh, you're gonna, it's going to suck for you for the next 24 hours, but you'll be fine. Which today, as of this recording, it's about four days after the fact, four or five days. I am. I'm not 100% in my neck-ish area. It's it's slightly painful, slightly ever so slightly sore, but I did have one day of just oh fuck it hurts to move. <laughs> um, 
also, I'm trying to penalize myself for ums today, so we'll see how that rolls. I'm waiting for the insurance company. I mean, I had full coverage. All that's going to be taken care of. I've done a little bit of shopping for a new vehicle. I do have a rental, so, I mean, I'm getting around. I'm waiting for them to, of course, come to their own determination, which I'm sure when he got out of his truck and looked at it, whoop, that fucker's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm almost 100% sure they're going to total it. Hey, if they want to spend, you know, 12, 13 grand to repair that truck, that's by all means go ahead, but I don't see that happening at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now, and I don't see how they would come to any other conclusion. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So they'll cut me a check, and I've done a little bit of shopping here and there on some some trucks and or cars. I haven't decided which one I want. Probably going to get another Toyota because I'm a Toyota man now. And we'll see. Hopefully I'll know something by the end of the week. That was, uh, I mean, that's really the end of that. I mean, of course I've gotten every story under the sun like, oh, you should have hit the deer, which it wasn't one. It was several. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you should have just held it straight and plowed through them. Yeah, like, yeah, I could have, but. At the end of the day, as a, as of me speaking, not saying a lesson for anybody, but as far as I'm concerned, as far as the world is concerned for me, at the end of the day, I walked away scot-free with a sliver of glass in my finger. I'm going to get a pretty much another brand new vehicle. And it's been a mild inconvenience at, at best. Could have been a lot worse. It could have been some drunk driver and me colliding head-on and somebody coming through my windshield or... God forbid a family, you know, who knows. The deer got away, so I hope he's fucking <laughs> hope he's fucking fat and proud in that twenty degree weather outside. Oh I'm sorry, that's my alarm going off to remind me that we're all inevitably gonna die, Chris. You should, you should yeah. come to that realization. Sure. So yeah, got to a wreck, totally fine. Uh, all, all 16 of our viewers right now, you don't have to worry, I'm alive. You'll get to hear my voice longer. <laughs> yeah, was, as far as, yeah, go ahead. It, it was interesting because I had sent you that message about Plague Inc. with my extra Humble Bundle code. And then I saw, or you posted those pictures right after it, after it or after you responded or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, here I am messaging you about, you know, this game and, there is your vehicle totaled. It was very interesting timing. I blame Plague Inc. <laughs> so, away from the somber stuff of life, I, I've i been playing Hollow Knight since the last... I believe last episode I talked about it. Yes. I have finished it. I have discovered there's... So, there, there's actually an item in-game that you get that... One of the things that I like about Hollow Knight is that it gives you the things that you're used to having with platformer style games, but it gives you the it gives you these things throughout the game. Like, and I'm trying not to tell you much because I don't want to spoil it. It's a really good game. I really recommend you try it. But when you start the game, you don't have, for example, for one example, a double jump ability. There is a lot of platforming in this game there's a lot of platforming and slashing blah 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 but you don't have a double jump you will eventually get a double jump it's it's in essence what what we are used to in metroidvania style games so right off the bat that just that headline of it's a metroidvania style already had me hooked 
the aesthetics of the game I like. I like the dark nature of it. The it revolves around like it has this kind of bug uh, feel to it. Like there's bugs all all throughout the all throughout the game. The story is where I where I drift away. I I've mentioned in the past that. Dark Souls is on my wall, folks. It's 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 fucking on my fifteen, on my top fifteen of all time. Love Dark Souls, but I have no problem admitting that I don't. While I liked it once I got into it with with uh, subsequent playthroughs, I did. It took about three or four playthroughs for me to actually start getting a grip on what the story was all about, trying to put all the pieces together because. Dark Souls has a story there. It's a lot of it's, it's a lot is still to this day left to interpretation. I get that. But through context clues, through item descriptions, through, uh, different texts throughout the game, you can, I'd say to a majority, like 80, 85%, you can piece together the story in Dark Souls. And that's good. I, I like that. But again, the caveat is I like that upon subsequent playthroughs. There is a lot of story in Hollow Knight that tries to mimic that style. I have beat Hollow Knight one time. I have now learned that there are multiple endings because I didn't spoil myself for anything in this game. Uh, I did look up like two things in this game, but it's because I just could not fucking figure out where to find something. Or one was couldn't find out something and one was couldn't figure out where to go. But nothing was spoiled for me. I did not know that there were multiple endings. I'm assuming there's more than two, but I know there's at least another one besides the one that I got. I am 60% of the way through the game, so there's still a bunch of shit I did not find. I'm sure that there's story context clues that I did not find. But my first initial playthrough, I'd have to look it up on, I'd have to look up my account. I want to say I put about 50 something hours into this game, which, Chris, for a Metroidvania game, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. that's that's quite a few hours for a non-RPG. It has RPG storytelling to it, I guess, it, but it, it's not an RPG. It's a Metroidvania. Anyway, I I kind of lost the thread of where the story was going probably about a third of the way through. But the driving force for me to continue to play that game was the fun I was having. The action's good, the boss fights are good, the enemy progression is good, the level progression is good, the item progression is good, the character's like abilities progression is good. Once I kind of realized that I was kind of like, all right, I kind of understand what the story is, but kind of not, I I, I didn't want to drop it because the, the, the gameplay kept me all the way through. The last boss utterly kicked my fucking teeth in. I had a couple bosses that were difficult, but the last boss was, uh, it, it gave me, that, that's a good couple hours I was on that motherfucker. But I beat it and then realized that there are multiple endings and will most likely go back through this, but I'm putting it to the side for now. Uh, I had fun with it. I think I got this one on sale. I think I paid like maybe half whatever the current retail price is. Totally got my money worth out of it. I totally see why it got nominated for a game of the year. It brings back a lot of that Metroidvania stuff in a in a good solid way. If I had if I could offer improvements, maybe not be so vague with the story and I'm 
Chris, you know there's going to be people out there who's like, bro, the story was like so black and white, man. Mm-hmm. But maybe be a little a little more easygoing with the story and maybe just a teeny tiny bit better with the direction. But the I had so much fun, so much fun with that game. The action's worth it. The, the fights are worth it. The platforming is so crisp. The jumping and all, it's just all around. Good choice for a game. Enjoyed it. I immediately, uh, when I beat that game, I immediately booted up Cuphead and spent about 30 minutes fighting and then beating a boss. And it's like, all right, I'm good for a minute. <laughs> uh, I picked up, I went back through a robot named Fight and fucked myself because apparently the last time I played that game, I had simultaneously had a good roll with the RNG where I had a shit ton of good options and abilities and power-ups, but had also saved in a place where it was like bullet hell fuck you time. (laughs) So I was oh-shitting myself out of a room, immediately into another room with more enemies. I had no saves, I died. So all that shit, like I had probably two minutes to go, oh, damn, I've got this thing that rotates around me and shoots out bullets. I've got this thing that transfers uh scrap metal into into health power-ups. I got one, two, three, four, five increases in health. And, oh, shit, I'm dying. Oh, shit. Oh, let me get to another room. Oh, man, I got this thing. I got, oh, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> so I was in a great setup, and I fucked myself for it. Yeah. Oh, I had a, a kind of kind of a half oh, whatever fun with that, and it was like start over, and I was like fuck you, so I moved on. I started playing a Hat in Time, which is very very Mario sixty four slash Mario Sunshine esque in nature. I can already tell it's a short game because I'm probably about twenty four twenty five percent through that. I'm already a quarter through the game, and I've only done one world. I understand the game's probably going to be short. That's fine. I'll play through it. I'll enjoy it. The collectibles inside may keep me around longer, but, I mean, its platforming is really good. It it really harkens back to that old-school Mario 3D platforming style. And I think that's pretty much it for my gaming. Yeah, that was about my week. So a wreck and then some games. Any movies? No, I haven't seen any... You know what? Let me check my movie folder. I may have watched... <laughs> I may have watched one. As a matter of fact, I, I feel like I did. Oh, I did watch Blade Runner. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I have seen the original Blade Runner, and I have no problem admitting wasn't a fan. Not... I, not to say it was bad, I just, it wasn't for me. I see from cine, from cinematography to the story, I get why it is lauded as much as it is. I get why people like it so much, but eh, I watched it and kind of shrug it off. It was a one-time watch here and gone movie for me. Blade Runner 2049, uh... It it's it definitely had some good cinematography. It uh, it had some intense moments, 
but just like the first one, it kind of came and went. Nothing, nothing too, too much to say about it. That's, that's pretty much it for my movies. I have some in my, in my log to watch, but nothing, nothing like widely known or anything. Aside from the wreck, pretty fairly uneventful week. Mm-hmm. Um, I do re- I do highly recommend Hollow Knight for you. I, Chris, are you a fan of Metroidvania style games? I I don't know. I haven't really played a lot of them. I haven't really played a lot of Metroid. Um, okay. It's one of those where I never got into it, and that yeah. wasn't because you know I didn't like it. It was because I didn't have the opportunity to play very much. So yeah. that's kind of where I just left off at. And it's not that, you know, like I said, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I haven't really yeah. played much of it. So. Well, let me ask you a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Do you own a Super Nintendo? Yes. Doesn't really matter these days. No, no, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, Chris? <laughs> Do you own a GameCube? Yes. Uh, it doesn't matter either. <laughs> well, then, I suggest... Highly suggest. And the two basic bare ones you should try. I don't care how you play them, but you should play them. And if you like them, you don't have to love them. You don't have to think they're the fucking greatest thing of all time. But if you like them, either one of them, you'll know if you're into that style. Super Metroid and the first Metroid Prime. That's it. If you play Super Metroid, you're going to get the classic, the the pretty much the masterpiece version of that style of gameplay. Mm-hmm. If you play Metroid Prime, you're going to get damn near the same exact feel, the same exact way the game is made, but in 3D. I that think gives I have two. Metroid Prime. Well, there you go. Uh, Metroid Prime, uh, that, that was a fight to go on my wall. That was a fight between Metroid Prime and Super Metroid, just like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Legend of Link to the Past was a fight to get on my wall. Prime won out. Even though, even though Metroid, uh, Super Metroid was the first one and I love Super Metroid, Prime just takes that formula and goes above and beyond. It does, I totally admit, it does have a little bit of collectathony toward the end. There's some arbitrary ways you gotta go about getting like the last key items of the game. But regardless, it's, that style of gameplay where you're trying to go from point A to point B, blockade. All right, we'll go from point A to point C. Cool, found an item. Go back to point A. It's it's the heart of what that gameplay is. Hollow Knight does it just as good. Just as good. So, either one of those three, in my opinion, to give you to give you any kind of feel if you like them. Hollow Knight, Super Metroid, Metroid Prime. Play any one of those, and it'll give you your personal look of whether you are into that style or not. And hey, if you're not, you're not. Me, I love it. I love it. I love every chance I can get to play a game like that. So I'm glad I got to play Hollow Knight. Chris, yeah, how was your week? Very, very cold. <laughs> um, yes. As I already mentioned, you know, I had to unload the pod in cold weather. And so it actually arrived Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um. I went out there, and I'm trying to think of the timeline now. Saturday, I went out there, went to open it, couldn't open it. It was jammed. 
I'm like, all right. So I fight with it, I fight with it. And it's, I believe that at that point it was getting dark. So I'm like, all right, it's already in the teens. It's just going to get worse. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'll work on it tomorrow. Uh, that being Sunday. Yeah. Um, I go out there. I'm still fighting with I get to the point where I it just on one of my random attempts to lift it up, it moves up a few inches. I'm like, okay, cool. Progress. So I get down, you know, I'm feeling under the bottom trying to figure out what's snagged where. Because when I first went out there, I was pushing all against it trying to see, you know, if there's something up against it that I could push backwards to get it uncaught. Um, but nothing was actually, like, pushing on the door. Um, so I'm like, all right. So I'm feeling around the bottom. There's a little nub at the ends of the uh, roll-down door that's on these containers that sticks out, like, an inch and a half. So that was stabbing into a box, and what little bit I managed to lift up had actually destroyed the side of the box. So me trying to lift it was it fighting against the box. And I'm doing this in, like I said, 10, 12 degree weather. So my hands imagine, are hurting. What's up? I imagine you're gonna I imagine you're gonna get to this, but what was in the box? Um or was it anything, did, did anything in the box get destroyed, or was it just the box that got destroyed? No, it was just the box. Oh, uh, thank God. The uh, the first box I actually managed to get out because I kind of pushed the box in, and it, let's see, I'm trying to think of the order. Uh, so I managed to shove the box in enough to get up a little bit more, and then I realized I had a big hole in the box. I'm like, all right, so this is the box that's causing the problem because it's obviously caught on it. So I went inside, got the scissors, came back out, and this was Sunday I was doing this part. Came back mm-hmm. out, and I was literally cutting the box away, and I had a, a storage bin we had emptied out next to me, and I was taking stuff, you know, in these few inches of space out of the box, putting it into a bin and transferring it so I could piece by piece destroy the box and get out of the way. Right. So I do that. The box, I'm like, all right, so I'm still fighting. I go to lift it up, and this is an all-day thing, by the way. It's already an <laughs> afternoon by the time I'm at this point. So I go to Jesus. lift it up, and it, uh, actually, that's still Saturday, yeah. So I lifted it up after I, you know, emptied out the box, and I was doing that, you know, how you rock back and forth. I was doing that with the door rocking it up and down so I could get mm. you know, the momentum behind it, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden... I go down, and then it won't go back up. So <laughs> where I was at, you know, eight, nine inches of clearance, I was now down to two. So wow. I, I'm like, okay, that box is empty. It shouldn't be able to resist me pulling it up at that point. The box above it should be falling down. And that's actually what had happened. But at that point, I was like, all right, I've lost progress. It's getting dark. Um, I'll resume in the morning. Um, and it was snowing. It started snowing, um, even harder. Jesus. So, so I was fighting it, and then, uh, so that was actually Saturday that happened. Sunday, I go out there, start fighting with it again. Um, I get it up just enough to where I can fill in and, you know, see if I can cut more of the box out. And there was actually another box. The one above it had fallen. So the one I was cutting away was no longer holding it in place. 
so I managed to get my hand in there enough to push that box back. Fortunately, it had enough clearance because when it when the container was transported, it shifted everything towards the door. Right, and the right. container was on a slight slope, so everything was naturally moving towards the door. Um, so I was fighting with it. Finally pushed it back, got the door open. I was able to, you know, start moving stuff out. Got most of it done Sunday. Finished it up yesterday, and yesterday was the big stuff. And it also started, uh, I'm going to call it snowing. The weather said it was flurries, but that was snow at that point. Um, and it was, no matter which way I was walking, it was going in my face, of course. You know, The wind turned just for me. So no matter which direction I was going in or out of the apartment, it was always in my face. It was fuck Chris day. Yeah. So I was absolutely miserable. Jesus. For those three days of fighting with the pod and moving stuff. But everything's in the apartment now. It's a mess, but it's in. Um, it's, it's, fuck it. It's in. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got my <laughs> computer set up, my desk set up, um, all the important stuff, you know. The right. electronics are good. Got my consoles on my desk. I'm ready to play. Um, yeah. So I'll be glad when we get everything squared away. I still have to actually make a trip back to get the last of the stuff that's out of storage and a little bit of stuff we left in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll do that. It'll be in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to take a stab in the dark and yeah. guess that you probably haven't played many games or watched many movies this past week. Not what I intended, but I actually have mm-hmm. played a few. Okay. Um, because I did have my laptop, so when I said screw the pod and the door on the pod, I came inside and started playing games on the laptop. Um, Which is what you do. It's a <laughs> Video games are a release, people. Yeah. If they're an escape from freezing weather and snow in your face in a box that won't cooperate. So before I get into games, we did go and uh, we took the kids to see Ferdinand. Oh, that's uh, the new Disney one? It's Pixar, I believe. Oh, Pixar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bull who, you know, doesn't want to be bull uh, fighting the bull fights and stuff. So it's this that's whole bullshit. little adventure and whatnot. Is a Pretty good movie. Okay. Um, not really a whole lot to say about it without spoiling things. Uh, it's The bull is uh, voiced by John Cena. Huh. So that was interesting. And it wasn't as obvious to me. His voice most of the time didn't actually sound like him when he's talking on TV, you know, in WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it may just be me. But well... As far as Pixar movies go in general, mm-hmm. did it, does it hold up as the other ones? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, good. Good. Yeah. Pixar usually does pretty good. Yep, I agree. Not many Pixar movies I don't like, and there's a lot of ones that I really, really do like, like Wally, Incredibles. Mm, good stuff. Yeah. So we went and saw that, had some ice cream afterwards, even though it's freezing here. <laughs> But that's what a certain someone wanted, so we went and got it. Um, hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. But on the gaming side, so I told you I would report back. I played Ridiculous Fishing, the mobile game you oh, recommended. Nice. And I was, I was surprised. 
Yeah, me too when I played it. (laughs) And one of the most surprising things about it was that you shoot the fish. Yeah! I was like, oh, I'm not just fishing. I have to catch them and then throw them up in the air and shoot them to actually catch Mm -hmm. them or they just go back into the water. Okay. (laughs) So that was very interesting. Uh, Overall, it's a nice little game to play when you have time to waste. Uh, It's nice that there there is... It's a difference for me from the games I normally play because they usually have some form of stamina or energy. So you don't have that. You just go in, you fish, you catch, you shoot, you're done. If you want to cast another line, you do. Uh, You buy your little upgrades and items to use. So... I'm glad I didn't spoil that for you because that wasn't spoiled for me either. Uh-huh. What uh I heard about this game through Two Best Friends, I think Wooly was talking about it several podcasts ago, and he had mentioned like a slight upgrade system, and he kept talking about how fun this was, how it's it's a fishing game but not a fishing game. And he didn't go into too much de- it was either he didn't go into either he didn't go into too much detail or I just glossed over the details. So when I got the game, and once I figured out the mechanics of what they wanted me to do, I was like, oh, okay, cool, you gotta avoid shit, you gotta, uh, spoilers for old, for ridiculous fishing, by the way, <laughs> I guess? Big question mark? Anyway, so, I'm navigating the lure down through, and I'm like, oh, okay, I see, this, okay, I get what you're going, and then when, he, I was like, alright, time to Pull them up. Here we go. And when they flew up in the air, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I didn't figure it out until halfway when they were falling. I just I tapped the screen because I just wanted to touch one. And he shot. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, you shoot the fish. Oh, oh, it's, oh, man. So same for me, man. It was It was very surprising in a very fun way. It's definitely good for a pickup, play, get a knock a couple matches out, done. That's what I like it for. Mm-hmm. You, you, but you could get into it if you're trying to grind. You could grind in it if you wanted to. There is so much grinding. I should do the upgrades though. <laughs> yes, there is. I, I did the first couple and I was like, all right, moving along. And I'm like, okay, how much do I need for the next thing? Oh, <coughs> okay. And That's I think a, I uh, think that. I think it plays into the how the game is. I think it's designed with that pick up, play a few, leave. Because if you're out and about, if you happen to just play, if you fish like a round or two or three a day, over time you will build it up. You know, if you have a session where you sit down and grind, you know, you know, one of those days, you'll get some more. But yeah, you, it could probably get tedious. It could probably get grindy if you were just, you know, sessioning it out. But if you just pick it up, play every now and again, eventually you'll upgrade. And it, the the enticement to want the next upgrade is what will keep you playing. Mm-hmm. It's very good for a for a just a little pick up and play, and move on with your life game. I I liked it. Yeah, I played it a fair bit last week when uh. I only had the laptop up. I didn't have the desktop set up, which we brought our desktops. Yeah. Uh, or at least one screen for each of the desktops. So until I got this set up, I only had the laptop. So I'd play on my phone um, so I wouldn't hog the la- laptop the whole time. I've got to do something better than this, Chris. You can't 
you can't recommend Black Flag to me and have my <laughs> world blown and my recommendation to you is Ridiculous Fish. I can do better than Ridiculous Fishing. But I'm glad you liked it, though. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And for me, for, for, for me, it's very hard it, and also very rare for me to recommend a mobile game to somebody. Mm-hmm. That is one of maybe maybe four I've ever played and liked of the maybe 15 I've ever played in my life. So that was definitely... It don't get much better than that with me, buddy. <laughs> if you want better mobile games, you're on your own. Yeah. But, I mean, that's why I was so willing to try it, because you who don't play them actually recommending one, I, then, you know, it's worth a shot. Yep. Yep. So, while I was on the laptop, I had, uh, we were talking about Sega games last week, and right before we recorded the episode, I had went on Steam to see if they had Biohazard Battle, because I had read the wiki article, and it said it was released for Steam. I was like, really? So I went on there, looked, and it was actually part of a Sega collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went on there, and I decided to play a couple of Sega games. I had some issues with getting my controller set up. For some really? reason, it was doing this thing, and I don't know why Steam has this problem, but it would not map, and I say Steam, it's certain games. Yeah. They typically are on Steam, though. <laughs> uh, the only one not on Steam that I had the issue with was Final Fantasy VII, the PC version. Uh-huh. And I had thought it was Steam, so I went back and found my old installer for the before they released it on Steam version where I first bought it. Mm-hmm. And it still had the issue. So it wasn't just Steam, it was the configuration for it as a whole. But I actually went into the Steam settings after doing some Googling and found that there is a uh, controller settings option within Steam, and it will mm-hmm. actually let you map controller keys to uh, keyboard buttons. Wow. So if, if the game is mapped to keyboard and mouse, you can actually map the controller to the keyboard. So it kind of carries over. That's inside Steam. Yes. Wow, I did not know that. That and, would have made my Witcher 1 experience a little bit better. Because yeah. I use JoyKey or something else to, to get that shit done. That's typically how I've done I've used you know third-party programs, but even those didn't quite do it for me. Before, when I was trying to play Final Fantasy VII with my PS2 controller like I do for Eleven, mm-hmm. And But I, once I found that, everything worked great. I was able wow. to map the buttons. It recognized the D-pad. I think I had one or two games where it still only wanted to do the analog or something like that. Or that might have been before the change. Anyway, so they would actually play some of the old Sega games. I went and started immediately with Biohazard Battle. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, lots of nostalgia there. That game is not as hard as I remember it being. Well, yeah, in our defense, we were... We were young lads when we attempted that game. 
even raging storm. Even when, <laughs> even I'm telling you, my phone talks to me during the podcast, and I don't care because my ringtones are always game related and they're always random. So, mm. some raging storm for your life. <laughs> uh, even, yeah, I remember. For, it, this bugs me now because now I'm gonna have to play it sometime soon to get my taste on it too. But I remember us only getting to maybe, maybe the third level in that game, and that's with me and you co-oping that game. So you're telling me you by yourself, as an aged gamer you are, it was easier for you. It was. It wasn't wow. super easy, but mm-hmm. the first level breezed through. Second level, only moderately harder. Third level got a little bit more annoying, but that was a mechanics issue, I think. Because uh-huh. I got to the point where I didn't quite... I'm trying to think. I don't think I... It was either that I... At first, I didn't know what to do, and then I had some bad luck and kind of screwed myself over with bad movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't play a whole lot of it. But it was it was fun to go back and try it. The we were talking about the heat seeking. I didn't mm-hmm. get that power up. Really? The did it did it never show up? I, I don't know because it's the yellow is the one. It's basically just like the green. But it is a yeah. continuous beam. Yeah. <laughs> An upgrade's complete. All right, I uh, guess I'll silence it for now. <laughs> Sorry, the wife loves me. I want my podcast audience to know that. Mm-hmm. So, the cards, I still use just because it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. The red rings are not great. And so, here's the thing. Here's what makes the cards better, in my opinion, than the other upgrades, is because it goes in all directions. And the reason that, you know, aside from covering all the screen, it's that where your secondary ability, what we're talking about, these power-ups, is shooting, is based Mm -hmm. on your movement. So you have to Mm -hmm. move and aim that way, and that's difficult when you're trying to dodge crap. So with the cards, you're just able to dodge, and then you're shooting. You know, as long as you're at one of those eight angles away, it's much easier... To get through. Now, see, this is curious to me. This this is making me question my memory, which I already know is bad, but I fairly remember this game. I, I think I remember this game fairly well. The cards were green. Boy. They were lime green almost. The uh-huh. rings... Yeah, sure. The, the, the rings were golden yellowish, red. not red. They're red. I'll be damned. The red was the heat seeker. And that's what I haven't seen, so I don't know if... That's very... Now, what it also could be, it may have been... Was it that we had to pick a certain ship? Maybe a certain ship allowed it. Maybe. I think think that's what... I think I remember picking a ship... Us mainly picking a ship because that might have been a thing. That's an experiment for you to try out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think different ships have some of the weapons overlap, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the big difference between the ships in the description of the game was that they had different speeds they moved. Yeah. So that was the big thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I didn't read anything about the weapons, but maybe that's the case, and I just didn't read far enough. But I also didn't try it. It's easy to answer. Answer me this. Does the game hold up? 
Uh, sure. I mean, you're playing it today in 2017, and we haven't played this game probably in a decade. Mm-hmm. I mean, a couple decades. So, I mean, as a shmup, I'm assuming it holds up because you didn't drop it. Yeah, I mean, it's there's only so much to those kind of games. And yeah. not a whole lot has changed in the formula since then. They've pretty right. much gotten more busy on the screen, more ridiculous, and that's about it, as far as I yeah. know. I recommend to you and to anybody else, if you're moderately interested in shmups at all, and you are okay with a little bit of difficulty, because those games are known for that, uh, a title that I watched play and then bought it for myself and then just got my ass kicked in and never beat it, but will one day, is Gradius Fives for the PlayStation 2. It's the fifth iteration in that series. And to me, that's almost the pinnacle of what the graphics should be like, what the gameplay should look like. It's rough, because they're always rough. Mm-hmm. But I, I've played like Ikaruga, I played riding games, I played, I played, a, I played here and there a fair share of, of shmups. But Gradius 5 is a pinnacle to me. It uses that PlayStation 2 engine to pump out some beautiful, beautiful graphics and scenery and, and boss visuals and all that so. but I'm glad you played it I'm glad you I'm glad you took a trip down memory lane I as well will have to play it because I have I'm assuming the collection that you gave that you gifted me it was the same one that you yes. had this on yeah I will give games. I will give that a try I'll give it a try I'll, I have two questions for you actually sure. two things number one just just a quick backpedal you were talking about Final Fantasy for the PS uh, for, for the for the PC I'm assuming you've played it for the PC and for the PlayStation, correct? Yeah. What differences do you remember between the PC and the PlayStation? Any, anything significant? Any like gameplay additions or options or or anything at all? There. So the biggest difference, first off, is that they did a graphics upgrade, but mm-hmm. you can play with the old school graphics. Gotcha. So I opted okay. for those, and there are other options where there's. Uh, fast leveling. What? Or fat, it, yeah, they basically let you, they, they basically let you cheat. They basically give you a game shark for it. You can get wow. instant 99, you know, a million gil, all this kind of stuff. Uh, That's I definitely say a change. Gil, but <laughs> actually, like, max gil. Um, right, right. Basically, so you can just play through for the story. And you don't actually gotcha. have to deal with the mechanics. I don't do that. Uh, it is also, a little bit faster, I think, overall, just because of being mm-hmm. updated engine. Right, so load that, times and all that. Yeah. You know. Overall, though, I don't think... I haven't noticed a lot of differences. Yeah. I do know that in the speedrun community, there's enough differences that it's its own category. Right, right. I've noticed a lot of remakes these days get like... For, for example, Final Fantasy twelve when it got remade for the PlayStation 4... Mm-hmm. It came with a pretty much a speed up option. You could, uh, I, I don't know if it was increments. I believe you could double or quadruple the speed of the, of the game, which is basically fast forward and emulation for, for us emulator guys, which I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested in to see whenever games get re-released or upgraded or, or remastered, what, what differences they have. So I was kind of curious if Final Fantasy VII had any. The other thing I have is I can't believe I forgot another game that I started playing and am currently working on. 
You're going to love this shit, Chris. Okay. I started playing Sonic Mania. Nice. Another, I, I don't remember if Sonic Mania got nominated. I can't remember. Either way, uh, damn, I, my memory's working. I guess my <laughs> medication's wearing off. I don't know. I also, this past week, watched the entirety of all of the Giant Bomb Game of the Year deliberations. All of them. I believe this one spanned four days or five days, and they did four categories every day. Their Game of the Year deliberation was five hours long. Wow. Just for the Game of the Year deliberation. So I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I love Giant Bomb guys. I, I watched them all. And they talked heavily about Sonic Mania. Now, Sonic Mania has been on in my wish list for quite some time. It's not unheard of to me. But it was always in that, I'm going to get to it one day. Well, when it dropped on a Steam sale, I picked it up. Mm-hmm. And I've had it sitting there for a minute. And I will admit that them talking much more about it did push me to start playing it. I'm glad I did. I'm telling you now, Chris. You're going to love this game. Even... It, a moderate, a slight fan of Sonic game, Sonic games. Pe- those people will love this. It's 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 fun. They they mix and match between pretty much redoing old school levels and making those same style levels, but making a new level. So like Act Act One, you have Green Hill Zone One Dash One, the same Green Hill that we always know. Okay, boring. What, you know, if you think it's boring, you move on. The next one is, it's not Green Hill Zone Act 2. I mean, it is, but it's not a remaster of that same level. It's a new level. All the way brand spanking new with all new tricks and gimmicks and, and, uh, set pieces and, and everything. And then you got a boss and you go to the next area and it just goes back and forth and back and forth. Number one, the graphics, awesome. The music, they make, they bounce between remastering or remixing old school music. And then making a new level music with a slightly different twist to it. Um, man, I think I got like 20 ums. I'm so bad. <laughs> I, I think I'm on maybe the fourth zone. I'm in the fourth level, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, dude, it's fun. There is a surprise that they threw in there that just I love to death. And I can't, I don't want to say it because I don't want to spoil it. Just know that the praise that Sonic Mania has got, it's totally worth it. Now, have you, um, have you played Sonic Generations? No. Uh, that's another one I recommend. But this is not Sonic Generations. Sonic Generations' big deal was, is it goes back and forth between side scrolling and, uh, back to forward motion on most of the levels. This, it's all old school 16-bit. It's all old school Sonic and Tails. I'm sh- I believe you can unlock Sonic. I've tried my best to not spoil myself on stuff. So I, I, I don't know who all you unlock or even how you do it. But man, it's all there. You, you got checkpoints. You got the, the spinning, uh, uh, glittery things that let you go into the bonus stages. You can, you can spin the fucking, the end level spin post up and, and get points. The bosses all have unique ways to beat them. The levels all feel like the old levels were supposed to, whether they were remastered or just a whole new level with a new style. Mm-hmm. They have all, every, every 
minute or so, you're going to find a new little set piece on how to do something in a level like going from point A to point B. It's just, mm, it's good stuff. Glad I started playing it. It's it's definitely the Sonic that we that we have needed for a long time. Yes. And hey, what do you know, Chris? It's fucking side-scrolling 16-bit. <laughs> That's it. It's not fucking 3D and, well, I'm Sonic and I'm stuffed fucking chili dogs up my butt. It's just, He's side-scrolling with, a, with his buddy and he collects rings and he bounces on things and he goes fast. And it's great. It's fucking great. This is what we need. We need more of this. I recommend it. When you get around to playing it, I, I, I have it in my head. You're going to have a good time with it. Yeah, I've watched a little bit of it, uh, the speed run for it. Yeah. So I've seen most of the levels. I kind of go you know, back and forth between watching that when it's up Damn. and whatever else I'm doing. So that means you've seen the surprise. I think I, it's I boss. believe I know what you're talking about. Okay, spoilers for Sonic Mania. I guess you've seen where the boss for level area... Zone two act zone two act two as you play the mean bean machine. Yeah. Oh God. I did not know that. I didn't hear about it, and if I did, I guess I just forgot it. I went to go fight a boss and boom, I'm playing Mean Bean Machine. I love Bean I love Mean Bean Machine, because I love Kirby's Avalanche. Same fucking game. It's that uh, I think it's a Puyo kind of game. And if it's not, oh well, fuck you, whatever. I like I love <laughs> that game. So having to play a round of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine to win, I, I was like, all right, you guys, you, all right, you guys, you got it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And they just threw it in once, so that was... Yeah. It, they didn't overdo just, it. Just a taste. Just a nice little just, surprise. Here you go. Move on. So, and don't tell me, even if you know, but I'm telling you right now, if I play through a round and I go through it, it, it turns into a level of Sonic Spin Mall, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> This that that would be the that would be the that would be the cherry on the cake, cherry on, on the ice cream. On the uh, lean mean bean machine game, that was actually a glitch with it, that was killing the speedruns I was watching, because he would beat it, and then when Sonic goes to jump, you know, down the middle to continue on with the level, it would actually kill him. So wow. we'd have to do it again. And then it, it kept doing that. I think he finally just reset. And I don't know huh. if it, they patched it out or what, but that was killing his runs. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for my week and your week and no I'm corrections. And oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Go for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm itching. You know what? You know why I'm itching. I'm itching. Yeah. But go ahead. I'll keep it short. I don't have a whole lot left. So I also in the Sega, we were talking about Streets of Rage, and you had said that people touted Streets of Rage 2 as being the best one. Right. I disagree. Okay. So I went back and I played 1, 2, and 3. Mm -hmm. um, I gave each at least 30 minutes of play, I think. Mm -hmm. um, the first one, yeah. The first, I'm trying to think. The first one was just, you know, is obviously old. It didn't, it doesn't hold up anymore. Right. Um, graphics aren't even good enough for that era, and the mechanics of the game are much more simple. Uh, mm -hmm. The special moves you have, you only get one per life, so you're kind of stuck 
holding on to it, or in my case, accidentally using it before there's an enemy on the screen, so it's gone. Uh, that had to do with the button mapping, which was because I'm playing on a PS2 controller, so I don't have the three buttons in a row right, like I right. would on Sega. So that made it a little difficult. And the characters are pretty much all the same. They're all melee brawlers. They just had different speed or damage or whatever it was. In mm-hmm. uh, 2, the first thing that I noticed about 2 was that there were no controller options. So in 1, I was able to you know switch it around to where my special was on uh, square and then jump and attack were on the right 2. Because my special, mm-hmm. I don't need to reach to as often. On 2, there were no controller options at all. Wow. So it was very odd that they would take away that functionality. And huh. so that kind of screwed me over because then now special was on circle instead of square. And my attack was on square or X, one or the other. One was jump and one was uh, attack. Yeah. And the the specials in that one cost health. So every time you use it, it takes off your health bar. Huh. So you have more of them. You can use them whenever you want, but you do so by injuring yourself. Right. And the bosses, I think after the first boss, I think I played through three bosses, three levels and three bosses. Mm-hmm. The first boss, okay. The next two, I have no idea how you're supposed to beat them. I beat them by dying and using my special over and over. Wow. That's the third one I couldn't even touch. I have no idea how you're supposed to beat that. The second one was one of those where, okay, I see kind of what I'm supposed to do. I have this very small window to hit. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll get in one hit and then die and use my special. One hit, die, special, and that's enough to kill it. Because a special takes off a bar of health. And typically enemies will only have one bar. Many bosses may have two, and then the end boss will have three, two or three, depending on how far you are in the game. Yeah. So I was using my lives up to special. Um, three... But on two, you did have the, uh, that's when Skate, the kid on roller skates, obviously, was uh, added to it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the other characters were the same, aside from him. He was he was the fourth. The first one had three. That one had four, I think. And then in three, they lost a character. I'm not sure which one, but then they picked up the electric hand guy. I was playing a skate the whole way through, by the way. Or I played mm-hmm. skate as two, in two and three, and then I did the main brawler guy, I believe, in the first one. Mm-hmm. But in three, you have a special bar that recharges, and then you can use the special for free. And nice. if you need to use it outside of that, you can use it again to cost health. So if you're in a bind, you can use it whenever you want, but... In the natural progression of the level, you just wait and use it whenever you need it and just save it for that. Right. And the bosses actually make sense. They're not impossible to beat. I'm not using my special to beat them. Uh, I'm not required to use it to beat them. It helped. And I would, you know, use it at certain times to damage a boss because, like, the first one, he jumps a lot. If you're really close, he'll jump at you every time, so you can kind of use that to counter his jump if you're too close and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. all in all, I think three's the best one. 
Most well, variety of heard... characters, best mechanics. Better you've heard it design. here. Uh, Michael Huber from Easy Allies, uh, who nominated Streets of Rage 2 into his into their Hall of Greats. You're wrong. <laughs> and you just have to live with that. You've been, you know, you've been told by the end of time cast. Suck it, Huber. Not just kidding. Michael Huber's a good guy. But uh, Michael Huber is also very extremely emphatically impassion- uh, passionate about anything. And he was one of the ones that uh, just comes directly to mind that picked Streets of Rage 2 over the other two. And hey, I, f- I understand where you're coming from because everybody and their mother, mind you, the small audience that actually likes Vector Man, I, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought people loved Vector Man, but apparently I was fucking wrong. But the small audience of people that do like Vector Man always pick two over one. And I like the first one more. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, those are also in that pack. So I was going to go back and play them. I just didn't have time yet. Yep. Um, the other game, and the last game I'm going to talk about, but this is one I spent the most time on. And not necessarily because it... I don't know. So the game's Weapon Shop Fantasy. Now, as it sounds like, you're running a shop. The shop doesn't necessarily specialize in weapons. It's weapons and armor. But okay, Mm -hmm. weapon shop, sure. Um, So you have to craft the items. But the way you get the materials isn't the normal, okay, you buy them at wholesale from, you know, some vendor. Then you craft them and then you resell them for your marked up price. You actually have to send out your workers on adventures to get materials by killing enemies. Mm-hmm. So you send out your guy, you have to buy a horse, and then you assign a person to work with the horse, and that makes them the adventurer. They go out, they fight monsters, and in the level they're playing, you determine which area they go to. You start out with only one area, and then you unlock more as you progress. But as they go out, they'll either fight a monster, uh, mine, or log. And they randomly find food. So it may be like a piece of cake on the ground, and it may be good or bad. It's like, oh, this cake is expired, or this cake is very good, or something like that. And you'll get either a buff or a debuff. And it's it's not what I was expecting. The, the adventures go for a set amount of events. I believe it's probably like 10 events, and each event can get you three items if you're not using a booster. So if you kill an enemy, you're going to get three items. If you mine, you're going to get three items. If you log, you're going to get three items. Uh, There's also chests. You find a chest, you get three items from it that are random. Anything that that level can drop from plant or from tree, mine, or enemy, I believe, can be in a chest. I don't think there's anything that's only in a chest. You just have a better chance, I think, overall, because you have the whole loot pool to pull from. Mm-hmm. But you have 10 events, so you come back with essentially 30 items, which is a decent amount. Uh, my, and I, I played this, I don't even want to look at the timer on Steam see how long I played it, but <laughs> I played it for a while. And I don't, it was one of those things where I was not making any progress at all for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Steam says I have seven hours, which it feels a lot longer than that because it is so grindy. It right. is definitely a grindy game. It's not the 
shop management game that I expected it to be. Um, I'm a fan of Reketeer. I'm not sure if you've, if you've heard of or ever played it, but mm-hmm. it's a game where you're managing a shop. You buy items and then you resell them. And that's, there is a little bit of a adventuring aspect to it, but it's completely optional. You don't have to do it. And yeah. it's not one of those automated things. You actually control the character because on Weapon Shop Fantasy, when you send out your people, you have no control other than to tell them to retreat, which is good because there will be boss enemies in that level, and it's completely random which enemies you get. You may go through 10 times and never see the boss, or hmm. you may go through 10 times and get them every freaking time. And <laughs> the bosses are so much stronger than the enemies. It is ridiculous. I got to the point where I unlocked, I think, two more sets of zones. Or I was about to unlock the second or third set of zones before I could kill the boss of the first zone. It was so ridiculous. Because you have to, you have stats on your people. So as you send them out, they gain stats based on what they equip. And that's another thing. Because, oh, I need to raise decks. Well, I have to use an item that allows my decks to raise. But they may, that may not be my strongest item. My strongest item may raise strength instead. So mm-hmm. you have to sacrifice, you know, actually being able to kill more things, or rather higher level things, to get the dexterity to go up. And in your shop, you're crafting all the material, or the, all the items, and those each require a stat, but those raise as you craft stuff. So the main crafting table is mainly dealing with wood and leather. So as you craft your branches into sticks, you're going to gain dexterity because that's what that bench requires. Mm. On the forge, you gain whatever it is, strength, I think. And the, uh, whatever the smithing table is called, where you actually make armor. I'm sorry, that's the forge. And then the furnace is where you do all your smelting. And that's something else. So... They gain stats fine. That's not really an issue. It's when you're trying to send people out to fight. You want to raise strength to do more damage, but you need decks to attack faster and attacking first because at, at one point I get there and I'm trying to I'm trying to get strong enough to kill these enemies. And I can one-shot them, but if they hit me first, they one-shot me. Wow. So, so I have to go back to an earlier level wearing the dexterity gear grind up my dexterity, and then I can go back and attack first, and then I'm doing better. It's very hard to raise defense effectively in this game, because you have a vitality stat, but it doesn't seem to do as much as the others. You rely mainly on the defense you get from armor. So until you can unlock the higher armor, which you do by crafting certain things to complete quests, it, yeah. Wow. It's very, very, very grindy. So, you're hooked. Not quite. (laughs) I have no burning desire to go back and play it more. I probably won't for a while now that I have my computer and console set back up. Mm -hmm. That was one of those purely let me try it. You know, I've got some time to waste. I'm watching videos. um, You know, trying to catch up on my videos I've been missing while moving. So I'll watch videos and let this grind out in the side because 
like I said during the adventures, there's nothing for you to do except for hit retreat when they up when they're up against something you know will kill them. Right. So it's like, all right, you're done. Go back out. All right, you're done. Go back out. All right, you're done. Go back out. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know how much more time I'll put into it, especially because I have my PS4 set up now. I hooked that up today. I yes. have games installing right now. So I'll have a lot of PS4 stuff to report on next time. I, I, I'm i assuming this is yes. God, I'm hoping it's yes. But I'm assuming one of those is Bloodborne? Uh, it's not currently. I don't know if I own that one yet. You should. You should. I, I'll, I'll eagerly await the Bloodborne report from, from Chris. Did I ever tell <laughs> you my story about PS4 and my account getting hacked? Or PS4 and my account getting hacked? think it sounds familiar but that might have been adam telling me i think a lot of people have told me stories about their shit getting hacked go ahead and tell me yeah so i got an email one day from the psn store saying hey thanks for your purchase and i was like that was at 3 a.m i was asleep so i (laughs) pull up the email i look and i i think i mentioned before that someone had bought the warframe i believe it's the game it's free to play but you can buy currency for it Right. They had bought $60 worth of currency. Okay. Because I have my had my PayPal account linked to my PS4 account. So they hopped on, mm-hmm. did that, and that happens, you know, fine. Not a big deal. Go and change my passwords. All good. The thing that gets me and still bothers me to this day is that they have no two-factor authentication at all. Wow. It is not an option. I totally forgot they don't have two-factor. Yeah, so I will no longer keep a payment method associated with my account. And today when I actually re-upped my PS Plus subscription and bought a couple games, I did as much as I could through Amazon getting digital codes. Vice relinking my uh, PayPal to PS4. Couldn't get away from it, so I... uh, Attached it, did my purchase, and then immediately removed it. I will not keep a payment method on my PS4 account until they add two-factor authentication. Totally understandable. So, and I agree. And the reason why I won't do it, because sure, I don't expect it to get hacked again, but if it did, here's what a kicker. So I contact support. I'm like, my account was hacked. I was asleep when this happened. They bought this. I didn't do it. You know. And they were like, ha ha, tough shit. Basically. They were like... Oh, oh, I was joking. They were like, well, it's it's non-refundable. I was like, I didn't buy it, though. My account was hacked. If you look at the... And my the email was changed on it, all that stuff. So they, they didn't just, you know, buy it and leave. They actually changed information on the account. Right. So I recovered the password, got it set up, and... I'm on there with support. I'm like, all right, I need my, I want, you know, a refund for this hack stuff and whatever. And they're like, and like I said, they're like, it's non-refundable. I was like, well, it was hacked, so I want my money back. And they're like, all right, well, we can do it one time, and it won't be a, we can't refund it back to the account. It'll only be PSN credit. It'll be added to your wallet. Right, like, right. No, that came from out, out from my PayPal. I want it to go back in my PayPal. So yeah. they wouldn't do that. 
So it actually went into my wallet and then later got used when it automatically re-upped my PS uh, Plus subscription. But that wasn't even the kicker. The kicker was they said, okay, we'll do this this one time. If it happens again, we will not give you a refund. So, like, really? What? So I'm like, what is your solution? How do I do two-factor authentication? And they're like, well, go into your settings and check the box to require password on checkout. Um, That's You realize how useless that is? Yeah. They got into my account using the password, which they would then have at checkout. So it's not like someone sat at my computer and did it. So that, okay, you're telling me you're not going to refund me if this happens again. Oh, you know, you bring up a solid point there, Chris. I'll put you on hold for a second while I research this. Hold, please. Click. God, this fucking guy's logic is insane. <laughs> He's fucking right. Why did I even suggest that? That was so stupid of me. This is why I'm going to lose my job. All right, thank you for holding, Chris. Uh, so yeah, we're um, we're very sorry, but we're just not gonna be able to help you. So just stop having your shit hacked, okay? Yeah. So that's why I will no longer have payment associated with PS4 or with PlayStation account network, unless I'm actively doing something. It's just ridiculous. Everybody has two-factor authentication. Everybody. Yeah, it's the '90s, man. Come on. so that's my horror story we can move on so was that it for your week then yep I don't want to jump the gun and have the gun backfire (laughs) that hurts so we talked about uh, we talked about weeks talked about stuff yada 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 I think it's time to move on to today's topic and we I'm going to start this top off I'm going to I'm going to start this topic off by actually doing a pseudo, well, actually. Uh, I made it a point last uh, episode to talk about Mega Man's birthday. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about another birthday, Chris. A very important birthday. December 18th, 1987. Just as equally, if not more important birthday than Mega Man's birthday, this is the birthday of Final Fantasy. Last month celebrated 30 years of Final Fantasy. Yep. We, we skipped that, so that's a shame on us. But uh, it's not really a well, actually, because we didn't say something and get it wrong. We just flat out didn't say it. So, hey, still a perfect episode. <laughs> yeah. But yes, that is our topic for today. This is going to be, this is probably going to be a long one. Don't give a shit. It's well deserved. Today we are doing a pretty much a entire series slash franchise retrospective, memories, gushing, uh, arguing, debating, discussing, breaking down, building up Final Fantasy, the entire Final Fantasy series. Holy shit, we're in for a doozy because there are a lot of Final Fantasy games, not just the mainstays. Um, I would, I want to start this, uh, I want to start this off with a quiz, Chris. You're going to love this. This is good. I got a, I found this random, uh, quiz 
And for the folks at home, the ladies, the guys and gals, you can follow along if you choose to, or you can check it out for yourself. Uh, if you go to all the tests, you can find this quiz. I knew that this was going to be a good quiz because, so the quiz says Final Fantasy Quiz Extraordinaire. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a good quiz because it said other categories. And, and I quote, the other categories for quizzes are, on this website, Am I gay? Does he like me? Am I a lesbian? Do I love him? <laughs> Compatibility test. Friends. So this one's just the Friends quiz. I'm assuming the TV show, I guess. Does she like me? This is a good one. This is a quiz, mind you. When will I get my first period quiz? <laughs> Am I bisexual? And predict my future quiz. So I knew when I looked at these other categories, oh, right where we need to be. Question one, Chris. There's going to be multiple choice, and we as the End of Time podcast are going to do this quiz real quick and see how see how good we do. Okay, so, here so we you go. haven't done this. No, I have okay. not. I've had it queued up, ready to go. Question one. The first Final Fantasy released on the PlayStation format was Final Fantasy 4, 1, 10, 9, 7. 7. Easy peasy. Final Fantasy 1 question. A main character job in the first installment of the series was, which one of these sounds like it was a, a, a job? Alchemist, Soldier, Dragoon, Gunner, Fighter. Fighter? Even That's what I'm going technically with. warrior. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Next question, Final Fantasy VIII. The name of the garden where Squall and others lived and trained is... Trabia, Galbadia, Sentra, Balam, Shumi. Uh, is it Balam? Yep, Balam mm -hmm. Garden. Final Fantasy VI question. Who is the leader of the evil empire? Well, that would be Zack De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine. But for <laughs> Final Fantasy VI, we have Locke, Gestal, Celeste, Sid, and Sabine. I don't know this one. Oh, that's Emperor Gestal. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Who is the holder of the white materia? Come on, Chris. <laughs> If you say Chocobo Sage, I'm gonna slap you. I'm gonna go ahead and put Eris, because I know you know yeah. that one. That was a bit that was a bit too easy. Final Fantasy X, the name of the Xanarkin Blitzball team is the Sykes, the Abes, the Oryx, the Fangs, or the Goers. Oryx? I uh the name of the Xanarkin Blitzball team is the Sykes, the Abes, the Oryx, the Fangs, or the Goers? It's it's either the Abes or the Oryx, isn't it? See, I think it's between the Oryx and the Goers. I don't think it was the Sykes or the Abes or the Fangs. Now, Luca Goers was Waka's team. Did Waka play for Xanakin? If he did, I think it was the Goers. No, I don't think so. Then I then I think it was the you know what you want to go with Oryx Oryx sound good yeah 
Orcs or Aves? Which do you which do you pick? But orcs. We'll I, pick I orcs. I feel more comfortable about that one. Yeah. I, I I love this because see we're recording this now and this is gonna go out later and some somebody's listening to this and going, Oh they're so dumb. It's so stupid. Of course it's the fucking orcs. Uh Final Fantasy five. Ooh, this is gonna be a uh, I'm shaky on this one. Not because of the question, because of the game. I only played mm-hmm. five once. Which party member dies? Oh, God. Hello. Spoiler warning oh. for Final Fantasy V. Which party member dies halfway through the game? Galuf, Bartz, Reyna, Kryle, or Ferris? Okay. Do you know this one? Because if so, I'll let you just answer it and not even guess. Because I don't know. I, but we don't have uh, to say uh, it if you don't want to spoil it. Uh, like uh, I already said, spoiler warning. So hopefully somebody's fast forwarded or whatever. But I okay, I know that Bart's is the main character, mm-hmm. and I don't believe he dies. The other names sound fairly familiar, but I don't fucking remember. I'm gonna spaz guess and pick Gallif, and we're just gonna move on like nothing okay. happened. Featured in many Final Fantasy titles, the King of Dragons' name is Griever, Ragnarok, Bahamut, Odin, Super, super Mighty Wyvern King. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, we'll go ahead and pick Bahamut. We'll just we'll just give a thumbs up to Super Mighty Wyvern King. Oh God! Good effort. <laughs> Final Fantasy IX question. The name of the fun but utterly pointless card game, Final Fantasy IX. God, how rude. Triple Triad, Tetra Master, Triple Master, Tetrad III, Master of the Triad. Oh, God. So I believe that one is the first one, the Triple Triad. Because Tetra Master uh, was later on. That was eleven. Um, I, mm, or was it mm. Triple Triad was in Final Fantasy VIII, if I'm not mistaken. I think Tetra Master was Final Fantasy IX. Oh, so they started it then? I believe. Okay, fair enough. I don't don't remember nine. Yeah. Yeah, and the reason why I'm familiar with this one is because Triple Triad is also in Final Fantasy XIV. And I, that doesn't really help my cause, but I'm pretty sure I remember them hearkening back to, oh, you know what? Shit, now I don't know. Maybe it is triple, tri- maybe it is triple triad. Okay, you're not familiar with nine, but are you familiar with Final Fantasy eight? Because if you know which one was in eight, then we'll know which one it isn't. Eight was triad. Okay, okay, then we'll stick with nine being tr- then tetra then. We'll stick that. It definitely wasn't. Tetrad 3. What the fuck yeah. is, what the fuck is that? Halfway through the quiz, Final Fantasy 14, uh, 4 question, sorry. Cecil's evil, evil brother and all around bad guy is Rosa, Yang, Tella, Lysek, Golbez. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that one in a minute because if it is, I totally forgot that this is true. But I'm I I'm it's Golbez, but I, I did thinking. not I did not know that they were. I have forgotten. Let me say that before I get crucified. I have forgotten if they were brothers. Mm-hmm. 
Final Fantasy Eight question. This is up your alley, hopefully. The name of Cypher's cool-looking gun... Cypher's Gunblade is Oathbringer, Massimune, Hyperion, Demon's Claw, Save the King. Um, Not Squalls, Cypher's. I, I'll let you... I don't know. I don't know. Now, I, I'm going to take a stab and say it's not Save the King. That's a play on the Save the Queen, which I believe was in Final Fantasy IX. That was one of the... I forget if it was either the girl or the guy in Knight's Weapon. Uh, Oathbringer sounds like maybe, but I don't, I don't know either, man. I don't think it's Demon's Claw. Hyperion doesn't sound right either. I think Hyperion is a summon or a monster or something. I'm going to say Oathbringer. I don't think Square would be cool enough to name a Final Fantasy eight weapon the Mass Immune, because that was already taken. Uh, uh, Chrono Trigger has the rights to that that name. Final Fantasy three question. Uh, I don't fucking know, because I never played it. But what job do all the main characters start in? Well, let's see. We got Bear, as in B-A-R-E, Knight, Demigod, Gladiator, Onion Kid. Well, what? Onion Kid? Yeah, so process of elimination. Onion Kid? No, there is no Onion Kid. There's an Onion Knight, yeah. unless there's unless there's some, like, mobile game that has, like, a spoof on it, but that's not in Final Fantasy III. Gladiator? Eh, could be. Demigod? No. And Bear? No, this is not Dark Souls. I'm going to say Knight. I'm going to say Knight. It's supposed to be Onion Knight. Yeah, it's supposed to be so, Onion Knight, yeah. I guess that's what so. they... Onion Knight or Freelancer would have been acceptable answers. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy IX question. The name of the summoned creatures in Final Fantasy IX is GFs, Aeons, Eidolons, Espers, Pink pink Clouds. <laughs> what the fuck? They, they're having... Come on, quick! Come on! What is the name of this website? All the tests. Come on! It's, you're having too much fun. That one I do know. It's Eidolons. Uh, Esper's was six. Aeons was ten, and Guardian Force was eight, if I'm not mistaken. Pink clouds. Get out of here. Final Fantasy Ten question: What is the name of the religious cult in Final Fantasy Ten? The Varuga, the Zelzarion, the Yevon, the Zenith. Or the wet wed Judah. Yevon. It's Yevon. Yep. Final Fantasy VII, the ultimate destructive magic, Meteor, is summoned by what color materia? Ooh. <laughs> well, this is okay. Black, white, rain- <laughs> rainbow, <laughs> pink, or beige? Black. Black. Wow. I kind of like this quiz. I like how I like they're poking fun here and there. Onion Kid, come on. Final Fantasy X. The name of Yuna's most powerful staff slash rod is oh boy, I had it, but I don't fucking remember. Whale Whisker, Tiger Rod, Princess Guard, Nirvana, or Save the Queen. Again, I remember Save the Queen being a weapon from ten, uh, from nine. I think it's that. Nirvana sounds like maybe. It might be Nirvana. It might be Nirvana. It could be. Well, I don't. Th- Yuna wasn't a princess, was she? I believe she was just a priest. A 
priestess. So yeah, she's a priestess. Let's, yeah, let's go ahead and stick with Nirvana and, and scoot right along. Only a few left. we got Final Fantasy V question again. The two hardest bosses in the game are Shinryu and Zio, Alpha, Omega, Beta, and Ultima. Ultima was in Final Fantasy VII. Omega, I think, was also in Seven. There was um, an ultimate. There was an Ultima weapon. There Omega, was an Omega I weapon. Think is supposedly one from a cutscene that you never actually fight or something like that. Yes, yes. Omega is the one that gets shot by the Junon cannon. The Omega and Ultima are both in other games. Yep. Uh, uh I, I kind of want to say Zio. But it's between Alpha. I don't think Alpha. Maybe it could be Alpha. Uh, I'm kind of feeling Zio. Sure. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell. We'll move I've on. Like I said, I've, game, so. I've only played it once, and it's so more on that soon. Uh, Final Fantasy IX question: What black black magic spell does VV learn from Zeus's staff? Ultima, Doomsday, Apocalypse, Meteor, Supernova. I'm going to guess it's either Ultima or Meteor. I think it's... Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, It's another one that's been so long. I played 9 a few times, but it's, it's high school years now. You know what? Just for you, Chris, I'll pick, we'll pick Ultima. Okay. Meteor, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put it past Final Fantasy throwing another Meteor in, but mm-hmm. we'll try Ultima. Two left. Final Fantasy VIII. What is the most powerful attack in Final Fantasy VIII? Is it Ultimaga or Ultimaga, Lionheart, Terra Break, Shockwave Pulsar, Medigo, Medigo Flame? I think lion. Most powerful attack. What is the most powerful attack? Yeah, it doesn't say magic attack. Lionheart, but I think that might have been the name of his gunblade. That is the name of the gunblade. So yeah, no, uh, but does he have an attack that's also the same name? I, I, I don't believe. Remember. So if I'm remembering correctly, their special attacks are named after the weapons or something like that, or at least his is. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the most powerful. So I the mean, options again are Ultimega, Lionheart, Terra Break, Shockwave Pulsar, and Medigo Flame. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Ultima sounds pretty powerful, but yeah. it sounds like it sounds like more of a magic attack than just an attack. I don't know that. I think that you know you know what. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna throw Ultimega on here just for shits and giggles, but I'm gonna wave a finger at you all the tests dot com. <laughs> this this question is poorly worded because uh, an attack a ma- a magic attack is also an attack, okay? And if you were just talking about a uh, you're just too confusing, I'm gonna go to the last question. Final Fantasy One, what is the first place you start at in the very first game? Final Fantasy One. Baron, Midgar, Cornelia, <laughs> Forest of All Beginnings, or Balam Garden? <laughs> I believe that is uh, Baron. Mm, no, it's no. Cornelia. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it's Cornelia. So, you gotta uh, trust me on that one. That's, yeah, All right, sure. hopefully, 
Hopefully this also tells us what we got wrong and doesn't just give you a F and say fuck off. But yeah. I'm going to score, and let's see how we did. We have 14 of 21 questions correct. Would you like wow. to have the solution for this quiz? Yes, I would. Uh, Cornelia was the first place in Final Fantasy 1. Okay. The most powerful attack was the Lionheart. Okay. Vivi's most powerful spell was Doomsday. The two hardest bosses are Shinryu and Omega, so damn it. Okay. The name of Yuna's most powerful staff is Nirvana. Cool. The Black Magic summons Meteor, or Black Materia summons, we knew that. Uh, the Religious Cult is Yevon, we knew that. The name of the uh, Final Fantasy summons are Eidolons, I got that one right. What do the main characters start? Oh my god, Chris. Is it Onion Kid? It is Onion Kid. What a fucking asshole I feel like now. Wow. Well, no, that's on them. That's, yeah, sh- sure. I mean, I knew. Knight. Yeah, me and you both had Onion Knight, but you, you know, maybe the Onion Knight, maybe the Onion Kid grows up, he levels up <laughs> to an Onion Knight. Who knows? Cypher's Gunblade is the Hyperion, so fuck me running, right? Cecil's evil brother is Golbez, and again, yeah. I'm gonna look that up. I, I'm not I saying it up. I, that is true. Wow, I just forgot about that. And we'll talk about that when we get to Final Fantasy IV here in just a bit. But wow, I completed yet another reason why that game is so good. Uh, the name of the fun but utterly pointless game is the Tetra Master, so thank God. So Final Fantasy VIII is Triple Triad. Nine mm. is Tetra Master. The King of Dragons, Bahamut. I mean, come on, really. Thanks for giving us the easy one. Which party member dies halfway through the game? I guessed Galuf, and I got it right. I... Totally fucking wing that one. Cool. The name of the Xanarkin Blitzball team is the Abes. God, and you know what? Now that I say it in my head, the Xanarkin Abes. The Xanarkin Abes sounds so fucking right. I can't believe I fucked that one up. The White Materia is Eris. The leader of the Evil Empire in 6 is Emperor Gestal. The Final Fantasy 6 starting area is Balam Garden, where they, uh, they all, the kids go to school and train. The main character for the first installment of the series is a fighter. It is That is one of the ones. And the first Final Fantasy released on the PlayStation, duh, was Final Fantasy VII. So bravo to us. We we apparently do not have the rights to talk about Final Fantasy. Great. <laughs> Chris. Yeah. Let's talk about Final Fantasy, brother. Why don't you start off telling me some of the early memories before we start headwaying into actual titles. So I, I started with 7. Uh, I didn't have access to the Super Nintendo ones at the time. Emulation wasn't a thing yet. And, yeah, I was, I'm trying to think if... I believe I owned 7, and that was when I played it. It wasn't one of Andy's games, I don't think. I'm not sure... You know, if, if it wasn't one of his games, I'm not sure how I got it. Because that would be a kind of odd purchase, but now I think about it, I don't know that there was a rhyme or reason behind that. Yeah. I do know that I had the non-greatest hits version, because you actually traded me for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I got your greatest hits version. I, I'm not Which... sure how I ended up coming about getting it. It may have just been one of those random games I got. It was an RPG, which was a genre I enjoyed. So... I got it, and I played it, and I put hundreds of hours into it. Yeah, same here. 
Because the, the clock stops at 99, 99, 99. And I have a few handfuls of those files. <laughs> did it actually stop? I believe it did. I, I, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. We'll, uh, we'll get back to you that with a, with a, well, actually in the future. Uh, I could have sworn that the end game clock stopped at 99. Now, maybe the memory card clock kept going, or maybe there was another way to tell, but I'm pretty sure the time stops at 99. I'm not sure, but I know I put a lot of hours, I put over 99 into single playthroughs, just trying to get everything. Oh, yeah. Trying to grind all the materia up, doing all the Kokobo breeding. All the racing, all of that. And yes, I know it's Chocobo. I don't care. I say Kokobo because that's what I did Whoa. my entire life. Bless um, your little renegade heart, Chris. Yeah. So, God. Do we want to... Are we going to do these in any particular order? We just want to talk well, about I t- them as... i tell you what. How about we do this? How about, how about we do a little bit of just personal history... Like you said, you started out with seven, okay. and you moved on forward. Uh, we'll gush a little bit, try to talk about it, and then we'll just go through the limeline because okay. we got a little ways to go. So for anybody yeah. that, okay, number one, for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, what the fuck are you even doing on this podcast? <laughs> Thank you for stopping by. If you're just a random friend or acquaintance or random person who clicked us because you like Chris's voice, Thanks, but how do you not know, even on an outside level, how do you not know the name Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy is, even to this day, to some degree or another, the premier RPG series out there. The creme de la creme of RPG franchises. There are quite a few games in this series. In the main, in the main line alone, they're already up to 15. And a few of those have had sequels of themselves. There's also spinoffs. They have a they have a tactic style game. They have mobile games. They've had uh, uh, offhand racing games like Chocobo racing games. Hell, the characters have even been in fighting games. A couple, to be precise or exact. But this game. Going on, this, this, this franchise, sorry, is going on now over 30 years long. And they have had titles released in the States and released in Japan. Some we didn't, some we got immediately, some we didn't get to later, later down the road. But there, this is also a franchise that is, is, is well known to this day for having Lots of mixed signals and lots of mixed opinions. There are those that like just the old games and they can't stand the new games. There are some that, you know, they could take either or. Some that think the new games are great and they just can't go back to play the old ones. Lots of, lots of controversy, lot of, lot of back and forth. But there is, there's one thing that at least to this day, so far, is still undeniable that Final Fantasy is, at most, the most popular RPG series around. Now, there are contenders out there. Apparently, the uh, Shin Megami Tensei series is up there in the popularity. There are other ones out there that come close. Of course, there's Dragon Quest slash Dragon Warrior. There are also 
Uh, they're, they're part of the, the parent company of Enix, which now has merged with what used to be the old company from Final Fantasy Squaresoft to now become Square Enix. So, hey, you got two top RPG companies merging into one. Should be great things. That's up for decision. <laughs> but, I mean, and once we yeah. get to the game that, that did it, I mean, you got Final Fantasy VII in there that put games on the market, that put mm-hmm. RPGs way the fuck up there in popularity. But we'll get to Final Fantasy in its due time. Uh, Yeah, I guess starting back at the way old, yay old days, we got Final Fantasy 1. Uh, This was my first personal foray into the RPG world. I probably have told this story twice in the podcast. I'll do it once again really quick. I had a decision in my life where it was either in one hand I was going to have Final Fantasy 1, and the other hand it was Terminator 2 for the Nintendo. Thank God I picked Final Fantasy 1, because when I got home that day, and for the many days after, I spent day after day after day playing this game. It it opened up a whole new world of gaming for me. The The box art grabbed me, the dialogue on the back. The idea of going on an adventure with these random party members of varying classes and styles, uh, uh, play styles. Great game. You could pick between a fighter and uh, to what I was going to say earlier, Chris, is that you start out with a fighter, but in the game, late about halfway through, you have a uh, sort of a side quest that will let you upgrade your classes to jobs. And the fighter changes to a warrior. Uh, I have in my notes Warrior Tonight. Um, maybe that's what it was. It may have been different for the Japanese version. That may yeah, be what I was that, my notes on. That may be what it was, but I do remember Fighter being that it was Fighter, Black Belt, Thief, uh, Red Mage. I forget what the Red Mage changes to. So the mages all turn into wizards. Right, right, right. Red Wizard, White Wizard, Black Wizard. Yep. And the Nightmaster uh, Ninja in the yeah. Japanese version. Yeah. So, uh, so many, so many great things. Again, if, if, if I'm just talking about myself, going from only playing the, the typical standard games, even playing like Mega Man or Mario or Metroid, and then going to this game, you have to understand as, as a baseline for art for an RPG, this sets a whole different tone. RPGs were not new. Okay, Final Fantasy did add many things to the to the RPG world that weren't staples back then, like like character animations. There were RPGs before Final Fantasy, but they didn't have character animations. There's lots of little additions that each iteration, each sequel did that brought new things to the table. And just not even RPG to RPG, going from other games to an RPG, going from other games to Final Fantasy, whole new world. You have this, what felt like a large, expansive, broad world to explore, filled with all types of different enemies. Your characters would level up, they get more hit points, they get more magic points, they get stronger. Uh, they would equip weapons. Equipping weapons, uh, different weapons would have different pictures for them, so that was also great. If your fighter used a sword that had a different 
picture than an axe, of course, and a hammer, of course, and it, it all showed animation style. A wide variety of, of enemies, of bosses, different modes of travel. You could travel through a canoe down a river. You could get a boat to sail around the oceans. You get an airship. And those those vehicles also became different and upgraded over time in different sequences as well. So as a starting point for a mainstay RPG series, Final Fantasy 1 great had a good story too had good music i mean this is all around for the, for what it was again back in 1987 mind you that means i probably played this in 89 or 90 so good stood the test of time back then i have not played the original actual nes one in probably a good decade now but that's okay because i've got all the memories i will ever need with this game and it was my my first step into the RPG. I, I believe I, at the time I had loosely played like a Dragon Warrior here or there, but this was my game. This was for me to play at my house and just work on and grind and ah, good times, good yeah. times. It's Final Fantasy One is actually one of the only Final Fantasies you can't get on Steam, but I did download the mobile version, so I have that to play now. Yeah, uh, and if. If the old school 8-bit actual NES graphics turn you off, I can understand that. The games, I totally buy into some older games are hard to go into. I get that. I'm totally down with that. Final Fantasy 1 has been remastered, oh, I don't know, Chris, like five times now. Oh, yeah. The PlayStation had a version. There, there was versions across other, there was a Game Boy Advance version, I believe. Technically, and, 11 times. Wow. So, there you go, folks. There's 11 different ways to play this game. All with, and I say upgraded, usually to a 16-bit graphics level. Sound, uh, the music has been uh, remastered to a degree, has been uh, remixed, so to speak. So, there's there's other ways to get a hold of this game. But if you really want to know where this shit started, it's a good place to start. Chris, have you played Final Fantasy 1? So, I've started it. I have not beat it. I know very little about the story. Um, one, of the, <laughs> one of the interesting things about it is that I've heard that this is one of the most grindy Final Fantasies. It gets that way later, yes. On the original one. Uh, and apparently that's different on the remakes. They changed the experience required or something, so you don't have to grind yeah. as much. No. But in the original NES version... Super grindy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. This is also for, and Chris and I know about this because we have a certain older cousin who loves bragging about his skill in games. It's okay, he's good. It's not, I'm just fucking with him. But, so the typical layout in this game, which changed over time, mind you, is there were four characters four characters in this game you pick from and that was also something fairly new to that time that era of games you could pick the classes of what they were and what you wanted a typical and i say typical a typical setup is like you want one fighter just somebody who attacks and that's it a a black belt also attacks does does a little bit does a little bit better damage a white mage somebody to heal you and a black mage, someone to nuke the fuck out of enemies. 
Mm-hmm. They all have their own strengths and they all have their own weaknesses. You could pick their class. You could also rename them as well. This gave the option to make this game harder for yourself. Like picking, I don't know, all four black mages. You have almost no way to heal yourself except for items. Picking all four fighters. When you upgrade to the warrior, you you get a ways to heal yourself, but that's over halfway through the game. Yeah. You hit like a truck, but you can't heal yourself. And so on and so forth. And I'd love for Jughead to correct me. I, I want to know if it was the most hardest one, but I think the hardest one was picking all all uh black belts I or uh, thieves that changed to black belts. I could be wrong. But it offered ways to challenge yourself if you just you know you you would want to go through the game and pick a different class you need you didn't you didn't play as red mage through in the first playthrough try on your second playthrough and see if you like red mage etc mm-hmm. etc et yeah, reading it was that thief was one of the hardest ones early on but ninja was amazing right so once you upgraded a ninja you're good one of the coolest little easter eggs in the game is that when you're a thief, there's different, it's usually like knives and dirks and whatnot. The thief would use as a weapon to equip, to, to attack with. When he upgraded to a black belt, you could use a weapon, yes. But if you take the weapon off, if he fights barehanded, he does more damage. Now that, that could be level specific. That could be, there may be like a more powerful, the most powerful nunchucks in the game. Who knows? But. I remember specifically having a black belt, a ninja, and I mean a a thief master. in my party. Yes, Art and doing damage. Black belt master. Yeah, and then t- just not having a weapon equipped for whatever reason mm-hmm. and doing massive damage bare knuckle. I think that was that's a really cool addition. Yeah, something I just read because I have a bunch of wiki tabs open, and mm-hmm. under the uh, under the black belt are monk description it says that in the nes version a high level barehanded master without any armor could do more damage in a single attack than any other character and if you had all four masters in your party you could kill the final boss in less than two full attack rounds wow that's crazy that's crazy just little things to add to the game like that and again, back in 1987, when RPGs were at the very, very early stages and trying to come up. And again, I know across other older consoles, RPGs are, I mean, they're not an old thing. D&D was a thing back then. Yeah. But going to an NES style, uh, this was, this was a title that just blew everything out of the water. So great. Funny piece of trivia, and I have to look up and find the exact reason, but, there's a misnomer out there that the reason why they called it Final Fantasy was because it was the final last ditch effort for the company to make any kind of money. That's totally false. The company had, there were all types of other games and they had revenue just fine. There was another reason why they named this Final Fantasy. I challenge you, the audience, to go find out what that was. I learned this recently on, uh, man, I think it was a Did You Know Gaming. I could be wrong, but funny little piece of trivia. I, it was, it was nice to know that because I had always grown up with that stigma that, the, you know, they called it Final Fantasy because it was the final game they were ever going to make and they poured all their funds into making this game when it was. To- totally not true. There was another reason why. 
But that's Final Fantasy One. Yeah, thirty over thirty years ago. Uh, amazing, and what a what a fucking ride we were on too, buddy. Uh, so a little while later, the next year, almost almost to the year, in Japan, was Final Fantasy Two. Mm-hmm. Chris, have you ever played Final Fantasy Two? No. Yeah, I haven't either. I I know very few facts about it. I remember, I believe, I remember hearing people tell me it was very difficult. Uh, I believe it had a system where the you get you got stronger by doing things to boost your strength. For yes. example, you or, only gained experience for the actions you did. Right, and it Which, was to the point where you'd have to like kill an enemy with a crit to get more of a certain stat or something like that. Yeah. You'd have to take yeah. damage to raise your defense or whatever, and you'd have to evade attacks to raise evasion, or you'd get hit to raise evasion or something like that. Yeah. Yes. And they had no job system, and this was... You actually had a cast of characters for this game. It wasn't the no-name, like in one, that you just give them whatever name you want. They actually yeah. had names for the characters. They had, you know, set... Um, Whatever you want to call it. They were characters. Yeah. Definitely a learning slash leveling curve for people coming out of Final Fantasy 1. I get what they were going for. I think, if I'm not mistaken, if I could point you to a to a video to, to give you better uh, analysis of this, I believe Pro Jared did a Final Fantasy 2 review. Uh, uh, laid out a lot, lot better details than we ever could. If you want to pause this podcast and go check it out, I, I recommend it. I recommend Pro Jared in general. He's a he's a good guy. Love his D and D D and December videos. But unfortunately, this is one of the few Final Fantasies I have never played. The the next one coming up is another one. But it, it's out there for you to try. It's it's definitely one of those that has mixed reviews. A lot of people down on it because of the difficulty and the leveling system is not up to par, but. If I remember Pro Jared talking, I believe he said it was actually pretty good. You just gotta, you just gotta get through it. Yeah. So, one, one who, interesting thing that I just recently learned about both one and two is that in this one, whatever enemy you targeted, if it died and someone else was going to hit it, they didn't automatically move on to the next enemy. Yeah. All those attacks yeah. would be wasted. Yep. That, so that was yeah. interesting. Good point to bring up. That that it was that was. I, I okay. So I, full disclosure, I, there was a list a long time ago. I, I'm talking back in my college days. So uh, we're talking like a decade ago, but <laughs> there was a list that somebody did somewhere online, and it was a progressive list of starting at Final Fantasy. Here's some things that we know of. Here's some mainstays we're used to. Here's Final Fantasy two. Here are some changes. I think the Final Fantasy. Wasn't there like a the the Final Fantasy compendium? I believe did that, and it was you could go down every sequel and go. Here's some things they changed. Here's the things they added. Here's the things they took away. Kind of like in Mega Man, how when you progress through the through the sequels, you know they added Rush at this game, they added the Mega Buster at this game, they added Beat at this game. Uh, it's definitely something to research. I, again, I want to say the Final Fantasy compendium, if it's still up. I believe they did that. And that's something that I do remember. The original two Final Fantasies were if, so let's say we got, we have three enemies in a row. 
and I have all four characters. Character one attacks the first enemy. Character two attacks the first enemy. Character three, the first enemy. Four, the first enemy. If the fighter blows his asshole out, the other four turns are wasted. That's something that improved apparently at three, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to have that advantage till four, which was the next one I played anyway, so it was just an improvement for me all around. Uh, speaking of which, Final Fantasy III. Chris, have you played Final Fantasy III? Yes. Please tell me what you can. (laughs) You know, I wish I could actually remember a lot about it, but I can't. So I started playing it, and I played the Steam version. So I didn't play the NES version. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I actually played through, I want to say, two-thirds of the Steam version. And then I got stuck outside some castle thing, because the castle is super hard, so I was grinding to level up. And then I got sidetracked by something else. And mm-hmm. never went back to it. Uh, I won't say I never went back to it. I went back to it, picked it up, and I was like, what am I doing? So I'm at the point where I'm 20 hours in, and I'm debating on, should I just read through a FAQ to read what I did already? <laughs> or should I restart the game so you know I get the full experience? Um, yeah. But I... It's, it's interesting when you play the steam versions because they are 3d mm-hmm. and i was actually watching someone play through the nes version of three earlier and i recognized nothing wow no, no characters no locations it looked like it i mean obviously it looked like a different game because of graphics but i recognized nothing wow. so it's it's interesting and in the NES version, the characters don't have names. They're given names in all the remakes. So this was another one. This was really... It was the last time they didn't have characters without names. was in the original three for NES. Um, but they did have the job system. Up to 23 jobs. Wow. From the earlier, you know... Five, six, twelve from one, counting the mm. you know advanced versions. So right. technically, you only had six. You just had advanced versions, right? Um, and then two having none, and then three having twenty-three. Yeah. So and that's the most out of any. It it ties with eleven. Yeah. Eleven has twenty-three as well. Yeah. So yeah, that was the most and ties with one other game. So, how many did Tactics have? Oh, you know what? I didn't actually look that up. Yeah, I think Tactics had close to the twenty-ish level, maybe more. I remember that. I remember that job wheel being pretty, pretty large. Yeah. But yeah, for those that, for those that do play and know Final Fantasy well, a lot of the jobs, the mainstay jobs, you know to this day, started in three. The class system in general started back in the day with Final Fantasy III. And I wish I could say I played it. I wish I could. I I am totally intending on playing that game. I want to play the 3D version. I want to play the 3D re, the remaster or redo or whatever. Uh, not because I have a problem so much with going back and playing the old NES version or the translated version because I... 
this one may have been one that got remade and bundled in with something else. So there may be a straight English version. I don't know. But I've ever since Final Fantasy 3 got released on, I believe, the the DS, I've always wanted to play this title. I will, and I'll have actual things to say about it some podcast episode in the future once that happens. But for now, unfortunately, it's one of a couple games, one of a few games I have not played. So so I should have actually finished my notes because Tactics has 33. Yeah. So it has a whole 10 more. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Good old Tactics. Which we'll get to eventually, but we're on the main stage for now, so... Uh, moving on down the line. So, in 1991, mm-hmm. July 19th, 1991, was a great year for both Japan and the U.S. because we, at the same time, simultaneously, got Final Fantasy IV for Japan, Final Fantasy II for us. Mm-hmm. Now, you can rest your weary heads, folks, because... You only have one more title where the number shit gets crazy. But if you're not following along, here's where we are. Final Fantasy 1 in Japan and US, the same. Now we're talking as how it used to be, not how it is today. Today it's just common knowledge. Right. Final Fantasy 2, only out in Japan. We didn't get Final Fantasy 2. Myriad reasons why, but it was only Final Fantasy 2 in Japan. Final Fantasy 3, same thing. We didn't get Final Fantasy 3. It was only 3 in Japan, only released in Japan. Final Fantasy 4 in Japan did get released here in the U.S., but it's Final Fantasy 2. So imagine that jump. We've made it, we've made comment before in uh, the podcast about how generational jumps and graphics jumps and gameplay jumps. Imagine playing in 1987. You have this old, I say old respectfully, mind you, 8-bit NES Final Fantasy. Four years later, you finally get the next sequel, and it's on the Super Nintendo. So now you've got 16-bit graphics. You've got you've got upgraded graphics, upgraded music, uh, a much deeper story system, and so on and so forth. Now, Japan already had two sequels. This was their fourth game. This is only our second. So what a shock and surprise, and what a I think this helped this game get probably a little bit more praise and a little bit more sailed because holy shit, this was such a jump and so good. Chris, have you played Final Fantasy IV? I started it actually in the last week. Uh, it's another one that on Steam. It's 3D. Because mm-hmm. when I was having my dilemma about three, I was like, you know what? I'll start four. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel bad now. I guess if I can remember, maybe I'll go back and put a spoiler tag in this, but I probably won't. Just starting here, well, uh, definitely because here is where the real story stuff starts taking place. Mm-hmm. There's going to be spoiler warnings for Final Fantasy as a whole. So if we start talking about a Final Fantasy title, be it a mainstay, offshoot, mobile game, whatever, and you don't want to get spoiled on something... I suggest you move forward just a bit in the podcast because we're going to let loose. This is a retrospective and a review as a whole. Final Fantasy IV, the story compared to Final Fantasy I. Holy shit, what a jump. Mm-hmm. You've got this Dark Knight and this Dragoon 
in the same like battalion together, the same the same uh, Air Force squad, whatever. And that's where the shit starts. And already you have this, you have a friendship between these two people. As the game progresses, you meet more characters that have their own individual stories that tie in. You have these, you have uh, bosses that have have somewhat, pretty much deeper motives and much more tactics and 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 strategies and misbehavings behind them. Um. One of the main things that I loved about this game that I remember to this day is whenever Cecil was having that that issue with himself where he had to go face his father and after he faced his father's whatever in that area, I'm probably fucking this all up, I don't care. <laughs> whenever he came out as the paladin, I thought that was so cool. His music changed, his outfit changed, he became a paladin because of that. Ugh, this game. The back and forth, this was, if I remember right, Kane left the party. People thought that he turned traitor-ish, and he came back later, and he redeemed himself. I'm always a fan of that, and this was one of the first times in a game I remember that happening. Um, That's 32 ums by now, probably. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's making a counter. They're going to make me pay big time for this. So another big thing for actually introduced, First off, they didn't have a job system. As you know, you're talking about he's a dark knight, turns into a paladin, etc. They all have their jobs or classes, but you can't change them. So there's no job system like the previous game, you know, had 23 of. So it yep. went back to no job, focused on the story. Characters have their classes, and that's that. But this was the first game in the Final Fantasy franchise that introduced the ATB system. The active time battle. Yep. yep. Replace the plain old taking turns. and Yeah. And made, this is, made, it made fighting way more way more dynamic. And this is the only game, uh, according to what I was reading, that would actually let you have up to five characters in a bat, in, a, in combat. Yep. If I remember straight, Final Fantasy III uh, only had four. Two and one mm-hmm. only had four. Now you had five. And that, that adds. It's the only one. It also had a way where uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I think all of them had it up to this point, but in your party, you could also move them to the front of the line or the back of the line. And for the back of the line, if they were like if they were an archer, it gave them more. It get, it increased their attack power. It also reduced. It increased their defense, so they didn't get hit as much, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, something so. I found interesting when I started four. And I was playing with the party formation. I don't know if this is just on the Steam version or how it worked in the uh, SNES version. But you actually have set spots for front and back row. You could toggle it, but it'd be like back, front, back, front, back. Right, right, right. And then, so, I'm like, why are my two characters in the second slot and fourth slot? I don't like that. That's I want them, you know, up at the top. Right. You know, that that's just the way it works. You start at one end and work your way to the other one. Don't do this yeah. in the middle stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I went to change it. I'm like, wait, now he's on the back row? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, toggle rows. And then the other one goes to the front or to the back row. I'm like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. I see what they did. I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wasn't a fan either. That that changed later down the road. And I don't remember that. That wasn't a thing in the first Final Fantasy, if I remember straight. But whatever. There was also, again, going back to the story of this game, going back to the the narrative that this game played out, there were characters that died in this game. Early on, there are two prominent characters. Uh, we've already said spoiler warnings. Uh, but I'm sorry, you haven't made it too far in the game. I can't tell you who's going to die. can't tell you that. <laughs> Just know if sad times are coming. But... I if I would have to go back to that old young me and remember if that had ever happened beforehand, but I don't remember that happening. It's just another thing that this game added. I I don't remember if two or three had them because I didn't play them, but this was the first time that I saw Chocobos, so they were introduced to me in Final Fantasy IV. They were a new thing, and I don't think. Moogles were here yet. I think Moogles started in five? No, Moogles started in six, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, like, comment, subscribe if we, <laughs> for whatever you think the Moogles were in. I want to say Moogles started in six, but I, I feel like started that's in two. Wow. Okay. And I, again, because America didn't get two and three, I first saw them in four. Moogle in a glorious, three. uh, America three or Final Fantasy three? Final Fantasy three. The actual three. Okay. It, cool. And it's been in every game since, except four. Wow. <laughs> the Chocobos also made a, uh, quite a showing in Final Fantasy IV because they were fat chocobos, which acted as a storage <laughs> unit for you. So anytime you see the fat chocobos, that's where they, that's well, that's where I remember them starting at. Good game, good story, all the way around, a epic ride of a journey in this game. S- solid game. I have not played the 3D version myself, but I have played Final Fantasy IV. Probably, probably five or six times. One of the first video game soundtracks I ever bought. I actually got this soundtrack. I bought it somewhere. I, there was an ad in a Game Pro or an EGM or something, and I bought this soundtrack and had it shipped to me when I actually had money back in the day. <laughs> so, treasure memories there. Moving on in 1992, again a year later. Uh, about a year and a half later, we have Final Fantasy V. I, uh, oh, by the way, this is another game that we didn't get initially in the States. So this got skipped over. Mm-hmm. The first time I remember playing this, it was with, if I'm getting this straight, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI was one compilation on the PlayStation. Final Fantasy IV and V was another compilation. And then there was Final Fantasy Origins, which I think was 1 and 2. I don't think 3 ever had a PlayStation release. I think 3 didn't come to the States for some time, and I forget what platform. Yeah, so the PlayStation uh, Final Fantasy Anthology was 5 and 6. Oh, okay. Okay. 
I could have swore there was a version that had Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. But it might have been a different name. It might have been, might have been just a paired up title. Uh, I, I have that, so I'm trying to think of what it is. Yeah. I believe Final Fantasy Origins was the Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Yes. Let's see. I'm cheating real quick. I'm looking this up because I've got to know the name of it. Final Fantasy Chronicles. Yes. That was Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger bundled together. So, either way, as far as I know, back in the 90s, the only way that I got to play Final Fantasy V was on the PlayStation bundled version. Uh, Unfortunately, I've only played through that game one time. It was at a very speedy, gamey time in my high school years while I was just burning through games. I remember very little about this game. I I, I do need to go through this game here in my later years and just, just play through it just out of respect. Because I hear a lot of people tell me it's got a pretty good story. Not as good as 6 or 4, but good. It's a Final Fantasy. They're, they didn't. There's not much bad about this one. Unfortunately, I just I don't remember. Uh, what about yeah. you, Chris? I was actually wondering about five because I think five's the one I've heard the least about, other yeah. than two. Yeah. It's supposed to be kind of a mix between three and four. It ha- like it had a job system. Yeah, and it also jobs and its job system. Yeah, and it also added the active. T- it had the active time battle. Mm-hmm. So and I and I, I think as far as the storyline, it it kept the theme that four started with having like a deep, robust story. So, Meh. I'll play it sometime. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I just sadly don't remember much about this. I remember the the main character was named Bartz or Butts, and he had a chocobo <laughs> as a friend. That's sadly about as far as my memory goes. But anyway, another another iteration in the line of Final Fantasies. Now, two I'm years later, whew, yeah. Anybody that's listened to this podcast up till now has already heard me and Adam gush about Final Fantasy VI. Not much different that you're going to hear from here, but we're doing a Final Fantasy retrospective, so we're going to give Final Fantasy VI its just due. April 2nd, 1994, another hallmark year for America and Japan because we both simultaneously got Final Fantasy VI slash Final Fantasy III. Now you can rest easy, folks, because after this, they gave up, they just washed their hands of the whole number bullshit. From here on, you get the number as it's supposed to be. But in the U.S., we got Final Fantasy III, supposedly the sequel to Final Fantasy II. In Japan, they said, "Nah, bruh, it's Final Fantasy VI. There's three games out there you ain't even played." What? What hasn't already been said about Final Fantasy VI? This, in my opinion, is the pinnacle of old school RPGs. This is the top. This is my favorite Final Fantasy of all time. My 
possibly my favorite RPG of all time, rivaled only by Chrono Trigger, which, if you don't know, is also a pinnacle RPG of all time. So much was added here. So, so let's go over the basics. Kind of like what Chris said before about jobs being the same. Kind of the same here. You have characters that all have their own unique story, own unique backgrounds. All their stories are fleshed out. They all eventually have their own side quests to where even more of their stories are fleshed out. They're all standard into a job, but they have different ways of performing their job. More to follow. You have quite possibly one of the best stories in Final Fantasy history. Quite possibly one of the best antagonists, dare I say, the best antagonist in Final Fantasy history. Beautiful artwork to sprite translations. Beautiful music all the way around the horn. I can't think of a lackluster track, a, a track that doesn't just ring in your ear. You have, we've already said spoilers, but you have a world-shattering event that happens midway through this game. The reason why I say Kefka is the baddest motherfucker around, let me, let me tell you something. You get a boss down the road that people talk about because the game itself was popular. He's chump change. He's chump change compared to Kefka. Kefka said, I'm going to destroy the world, and there's nothing you can do about it. And he destroyed the world, and it took... It took your heroes to do something about it after the fact, but he destroyed the world. We'll talk about the other guy later in a minute. But, uh, man, the you have this dark, you have this evil empire trying to take over the world, and that that gets totally fucking lambasted out the water. You have a resistance cunt trying to rise up. You have siblings in royalty that have their their own story. You have a uh. A basically a summon, which is called, which they're called espers in this game, that she is a hybrid and she has her own tragic story. There, there's a, there's a, there's a footloose gambler out there that, that flies an airship. You have a thief that has his own love story. You have a ninja that, uh, that has a very, very dark and very tragic background. So on and so forth. Oh my god. The magic system in this game. Uh, starts, I, I don't remember, I don't remember if five, I think four had a way for you to have summons, didn't it? I'm pretty sure it did. Uh, I believe so. I believe four had a summon, had a summon system. Well, either way, there was also a summon system in this one. And it was, it was unique because the way that you learn magic was equipping these summons, what were, they were called espers. And the more you, you don't even have to use them in battle. As long as you get, as long as you win a battle, you get experience points and AP ability points. Those AP go to leveling up your Esper. The more your Esper levels up, progressively you learn magic. So technically, if you ground your ass off, you could have multiple characters with multiple magic spells, making versatility out the world. I'm gonna tell you right now, and Adam will tell you this too, and I'm, I'm sure Chris would as well. You can get character combinations in this game that will break this fucking game in two. It's, it's the same thing with Final Fantasy Tactics. You, you can get certain things in this game that will just, there's no contest. No contest at all. But, every character has the, they have their own abilities. 
like the two brothers. You have one that is a fighter, uh, and he can have inputs put in a la Street Fighter style, and he can do special moves that they do massive damage. You have the other brother who is a, I guess you would call him like a tool man, a technician. He uses different actual tools like a drill or a chainsaw or a, or a sound blaster. He uses different tools to have different effects or damage in, in the game. You have a thief, which, duh, he thieves, he steals things and assassinate things. You have, uh, it just, it goes on and on. This game has so much to offer in every single department. I'll wrap my end up by saying, cause again, we've, I've, I've, I've gushed about this game for 20 minutes. I wish I could tell you the episode. Just, I'll tell you what. If you if you're new here, just go listen to all the other episodes, okay? <laughs> You'll find some entertainment in there somewhere, damn it, I know you will. But and I I say the same thing about about Chrono Trigger. If you ever want to know what it's like to to be the pretty much the top class, the a five out of five, ten out of ten, ninety nine point seven out of a hundred RPG. You got two choices for the Super Nintendo. You got Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI. If you walk away from Final Fantasy VI and that's not your cup of tea, I dare to say RPGs are not your cup of tea. They made this game as entertaining and engrossing and fun as possible. And we're going to have a topic one day talking about this, but I can totally play Final Fantasy VI every year. No problem. I know that story like the back of my hand. I know the characters. I know the combinations to break the game. I know what items I need. I know all the little trivia about it. I can still play this game from start to finish and have a good time, even when I know when everything's coming. Damn good game. Chris, have you played Final Fantasy VI? How much and what can you say about it? So I I know I've started it, but I don't know how far I got. I think I was playing on emulator. This is another one I have on Steam, so I'm going to play through it soon. Um, but I, I know it's fun. I know it's great. I've had everything spoiled for me already. You know, not from you, but just from the internet in general. So I know it's a good game. Looking forward to playing it. Uh, I will, to answer your question about summons, they were started in Final Fantasy III. Yeah, so, you sound about right. They've been in everything since three. And it, talking about all the characters in six, I believe it is in the main uh, numbered games. It has the most playable characters at fourteen. Yep. So it certainly uh, didn't lack in the character department. Nope. And I know there are a couple characters, like I believe Mog and Yamaro. I believe they don't specifically have like long stretched out stories but if if I'm not mistaken every character in this game they're well fleshed out and you get more of them as the game progresses I think almost every character in the world of ruin has their own secondary optional story you learn so much about these characters so much and if you dig the ones that you don't think you know about you you'll find out more trust me um i don't i don't want to gush so much i i can't help it though it's final fantasy 6 what do you want it's great it's 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 pick it's it's it to- 
whenever I was making my personal top 15, this was like number three pick without question. I didn't have to go to a list and debate and decipher. It was going to be this and Chrono Trigger side by side. They were both like, yeah, we're here, bro. What you want? What you going to put up here? You going to put Mario 3? Fuck Mario 3. We're here. But damn good game. Now, flash forward almost three years, about two mm-hmm. and a half years, another jump, another meteoric jump in the Final Fantasy series. We get Final Fantasy VII. Chris, uh, I'm going to let you... T- I- I've said enough about six. I'll let you take the floor for a bit for Final Fantasy Seven. You said a meteoric jump. I think this is the meteoric jump. Yes. Looking at the list of games, there's not another one that makes such a drastic jump as from the first six to seven was. Because seven went to PlayStation. Better graphics, which it's always amusing to look back and go, man, those were great graphics. They're terrible. But compared to what we had, it went from 2D to 3D. We have FMVs, and I don't know if there even were any in the non-remake version of the first six. Were there? I don't believe so, no. No. Uh, if there were, it wasn't to the extent of seven, at least. Right. It was huge, huge changes. And, you know, I made a comment before about how I think the sprite based games age better. And that's definitely true if you go back and look at seven. And that's why when, you know, they did the PC version, they updated the graphics. Because they were pretty atrocious. But for the time, man, they were great. Yeah. Uh, the visuals, the music to the game. This is one of the... I'm not a big music in games person. Uh, you talk about, you know, the soundtracks to games. I usually can't, don't care at all. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it has bad music that will jump out at me. But if it's at least decent, that's all I care about. I don't mm-hmm. want something you know, make my ears bleed. But otherwise, I'll deal with whatever they give me. But this game, I don't know what it is, but the music just sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Junana is my favorite, probably the one I remember the most, and just will randomly pop in my head at times. Um, but most of the music I can just listen to, and yeah. that's not something I can say about many other games. Um, the Materia system is still one of my favorite RPG systems to this day. If not my favorite, it may be my favorite. I'd have to actually sit down and think about other RPGs and their systems that I've played. Material system may top them off. Um, It's and really with, I believe it was with. Well, we already talked about yeah. So again, Final Fantasy VII, everything forward. They're all actually named characters with stories, backstories, uh, all the things you expect in a real character to have. The story of Seven is fairly complicated in some aspects, but in in some ways it's pretty simple. You know, you're saving the world, blah, blah, blah. But when you actually get into the lore of it, there are so many unanswered questions, and that's why there's several spinoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is because of the 3D nature of the game the action in the game sticks out so much more there's always 
I say always. There are some slow moments, but for the most part, there is always something happening. You have these fights, the FMVs, like I mentioned, you know, these action sequences. You're riding a motorcycle. You're snowboarding. You're flying your airship around. You're, excuse me, <clears throat> you're racing Kokobos, burgeoning Kokobos. You have all these things to do. Like I mentioned earlier, hundreds of hours into the game. And to this day, it's one of the only RPGs I will go back and play more than once. Yeah. And well worth it, too. Still fun to this day, even with the garbage graphics that we can totally respectfully admit they are still playable. Yeah. And I was going to say just a real quick thing, just for, for perspective for folks that need to understand. Final Fantasy VI. Now, mind you, this is pretty much unanimous across the board. There's a lot of argument back and forth, but when it all comes down to it, people will people will pretty much fall to the wayside of Final Fantasy VI being the most popular and the best Final Fantasy. To date, Final Fantasy VI has sold 2.55 million in Japan, and in the I believe in the U.S. it sold somewhere like three million. Closer to three million. I have to find the actual specs, but I just saw this the other day that Final Fantasy VII sold ten, ten point sixty-seven million copies. That is insane. That is as unheard. Of. Even Chrono Trigger only did two point thirty-two million. Mm-hmm. The the reason why we bring this up, and I know the reason why Chris brought it up, the reason why he specified Meteoric Jump, is this game got pushed. This game got pushed by everybody. Magazines, commercials, word of mouth. This thing was hot before it ever hit the shelves. This was something that everybody was looking forward to. Yeah. And when it hit, it was like a movie being in a theater for far too long. It did not stop selling. It kept going and kept growing, and it gained massive popularity. This was, again, kind of like Final Fantasy 1 was. This was a single RPG, a single Final Fantasy RPG that not only boosted RPGs in popularity, but continued to boost video games in popularity. If if I remember reading right back in the day, this was something that was touted to help sell the PlayStation after it was released. It was just that it was just that big of a deal. So, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really the, you know, we talk about consoles and the threshold of when there are enough games to just fight buying the console. Talking about the Switch, you know, with Breath of the Wild plus now Super Mario Odyssey, it's you know pretty much a must-have if you're a gamer, yep. and that's that. I think Final Fantasy VII was probably that point on PlayStation. If you were a yeah. fan of RPGs, you need to have a PlayStation so you could play Final Fantasy VII. Yep. So many good things about this game. This, this from the story, and yeah, I mean, again, if if you go from console to console, if you make that jump from platform to platform, man, back in the day, this was the shit. We're not even talking about just the, the shitty, uh, 3D polygonal graphics of the characters. When the summons came on the screen, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. A lot of enemy, a lot of enemies attacks just looked good. 
The graphics were good. The music was good. The battle system, the materia system, the, oh man, the story just, it, it felt like it kept going. It was across mm-hmm. four fucking discs. You had, and it was a smaller cast, but because it was a smaller cast, you felt more, you felt closer to these people. Not say, not saying that Final Fantasy VI had people that were loose end, except for a couple of them, but <laughs> you, you were with these same, like, seven-ish people. I say ish because there were a couple secret ones as well. You, yeah. you felt close, you, you were on this journey with them. Oh, yep, nine man, characters so, overall, seven main ones. Such a good game. And now, go ahead. And going to the characters, they all had Fairly interesting backstories slash life stories, some of which are, you know, I guess really all the main characters there, they all go through their backstory as some part of the game. Yep. I'm trying to think because Yuffie has her side thing, and when you get her, Vincent, you go through getting him or unlocking him. Um. Barrett's part of the story. Cloud's, you know, one of the main things. is Pretty much his entire life is most of the story. Yeah. Uh, at least it feels like it once you start, you know, doing the live stream and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tifa, she's tied in with Cloud. I don't know if she... It really that doesn't talk... Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it, it really doesn't... I'm trying to think if it goes into her backstory when it's not related to Cloud. I don't think it does. I mean, you get bits and pieces, but it's usually in flashbacks, like her piano stuff. Yeah, I think it was mostly flashbacks. Yeah, but you you get backstory on pretty much all the characters. Kate Sith is Kate Sith, so him being what he is doesn't really have that much of a backstory. Until aside, you find out who he really is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, aside from, <laughs> and that's why I say, is it really a backstory? Because backstory implies much of a past, and that's like a recent thing. <laughs> I would say maybe the big takeaway from Final Fantasy is not just, it's not the backstories, it's their reveals. Like, Cloud has a humongous reveal yeah. in the game. Ares has a reveal when you find out where she comes from, what yep. she actually is, etc. Barrett has a reveal when you find out how he got his arm, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So when you when you dig deep and you find out the actual history of these folks or what big thing they have to talk about, that was the takeaway of these characters. And they all have it. They all have something mm-hmm. where you go, oh, wow, man, nice. There's a lot of edge master shit in this game. I mean, come on. Sephiroth is probably one of the most popular villains of all time. Next to, yeah. I'd say he's up there at the Bowser level. I mean, people know Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a big deal. I mean, but again, the picture of him in front of the flames, that's, uh, you know, a famous picture. Everybody knows what that is. Or even if they don't know what it's about or where it's from, they go, oh, I know who that is. I know he's badass. And that's exactly what he was designed to be. And, I mean, for the most part, that's what he was. I mean, I talk shit about Kefka being better. There, there is no doubt that Sephiroth was designed and functioned as a badass in that game. 
and he has a deep story. He has a there is a aha moment with him. There's a reveal about him as a person, and it's awesome. The whole game is just chock full of awesome stuff. And yeah, like you said, there's side missions, there's side quests. You go to the fucking Golden Saucer and go play games, and the games yeah. are actually fun. You want to just go there and just do shit. Just like Final Fantasy VI, and I say Final Fantasy VI, but I'm pretty sure every Final Fantasy has a way to do it. Maybe maybe two is a little harder, but there's ways to build your characters and your parties in this game to break the game too. Specifically, this was a game that I... This was the first time for me where I found the leveling system to not be in my favor. And the reason why is because, so I went through the game, made it all the way through my first playthrough. I got to the boss at the bottom. We already said spoiler, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's Sephiroth. I got to him, and I, I lost. I, got, I died a few times. And I felt that he was, I, I know what it really was, is I wasn't tact, I wasn't using tactics correctly. I wasn't playing my characters right. But in my laziness, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go back up top, and I'm going to find a place to level up, and I'm going to fucking level up and come in here and beat your ass. So that's what I did. That's the high school version of me doing RPGs. I'll just grind a victory out of you. So I went back to the surface, leveled up, got a whole bunch of shit, got final weapons, got more materia, leveled up materia, level up characters, beat a ruby weapon first, then beat Emerald Weapon. Chris, when I went back down there, I utterly fucking annihilated <laughs> Sephiroth. I pistol whipped his ass. It, it was sad. And I, again, this is a, this is maybe a point for us to talk about in another episode down the road, but I, I, RPGs back then suffered from that. You could grind yourself to utter annihilation in that game. You could grind yourself far beyond the last villain. I like, personally, I like RPGs that grind with you. Uh, but that was the first time for me where I was like, I'll, I'll show you. I, I really did. And I kind of wish I didn't because it kind of ruined the last boss. But oh man, the, the fucking, you beat Sephiroth and you think it's over, but then you and him get, oh, oh man, so good. Yeah. I can't think of many negative things to say about that game. It's just, it's, it's, it's worth it. It was worth the praise that it got back in the day. Uh, yeah. 10 million copies? Yeah, I can see it. I can I, totally see it. I think the biggest negative about it is actually the holes they leave in the story. And it, it's kind of sad that they did that because what they fleshed out with the other games with Crisis Core, with Dirge of Cerberus, um, and even Japan got even more games. But when you get the whole backstory behind Shinra, behind the uh, Genova experiments, all that backstory is pretty awesome. Yes, it is. It's, it adds so much to the lore of the game. And if you play, and now one of the reasons I like to play through 7 again is because you play through and you're like, I know why this is as it is. I know mm -hmm. what came before this, and now these holes are filled. Now I understand the story better. It makes yep. more sense, and it just makes it so much better. 
I ha- I have no problem admitting, and this is not the first and only game. It definitely wasn't the last I've had to do it to. I did had to I did have to play through seven a couple times to fully grasp the story. I felt like I got the gist of it. Like I understood that Sephiroth was not like like he was a. Uh, I understood what he was. I got that uh, Cloud was a fucking crazy person that tried to mimic Zack. I got all that, but it felt like everything wasn't 100% synced and tied for me until my second, maybe even my third playthrough. But once I understood it, I got it. I agree. I think there are plot holes in that story. I think the awesomeness makes you watch that over, you know? Kind of like, kind of like today, how I played Hollow Knight, and you know, the story kind of left me, but I was so engrossed with the game and how great it was. We, you know, we we haven't even talked about like the the graphical changes. Period. Like almost every weapon your character gets has a different uh, uh, a style. Your armor doesn't change, but right. your weapons do. Awesome. You have limit breaks where the more you attack and or get attacked, you got a meter that builds up, and then you do this awesome move. And if you do that move enough, you can learn a new limit break. Yeah. Oh man. Didn't even talk about those. (laughs) You got choco. You got the the fucking chocobos that you just Mm -hmm. wander around the world in. You can race them and breed them to have the and the the different chocobo breeds have different abilities. I. I say business. I only did it for about six or seven people, but I did have a chocobo breeding business in high school, Chris. <laughs> I did. People would literally give me their memory card and five bucks, and within a day or two, I would have I would present them back a memory card with a golden chocobo. I had nice. that system down to a science. It really wasn't hard. No. If you knew how to do it, it, there was a lot of resetting your PlayStation, but... There kind of was a formula to it that once you work the RNG, you can always get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the materials, all the different summons that they had. You know, even even though Knights of the Round did, what's it clocked at, like three minutes, three and a half minutes, something? Way too long. It's still a badass summon. Oh, yeah. And to tell you the truth, this is something I've always held to my heart to this day. You had Bahamut, Neo-Bahamut, and Zero or Zero Bahamut. Bahamut Zero. I all, yeah, I always preferred Neo Bahamut. I love that it like cracks the ground yeah. and makes the enemy rise up with them on the ground, and he fucking laser beams the shit to to just disintegrates it. I love that. I always man the 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 Titan summon where Titan walks up and digs his hand in the ground and basically hulks up and picks a part of the ground and flips him over. Oh man! Yep, he does a table flip with the ground. Oh, so good, <laughs> so good. And I, I forget. Oh man, I think it's Final Fantasy VIII, which we're fixing to get to. There, there is my favorite Shiva is in one of these Final Fantasies. Though, of course, it's a Final Fantasy that Shiva's from. But anyway, uh, yeah, good, good game. Do I? Of, to me, no, it does not. It, it it does not beat Final Fantasy VI, but I promise you, it does not pale in comparison. I Final Fantasy VII is damn good. It's up there. Uh, it, it's supposed to be getting a remake. It's supposed to be getting yeah. a Final Fantasy VII remake. Now, well, of course, we're recording this today in January 
the new year of 2018, four years from now, this game could already be out and we could already have had a discussion about it. But as of right now, there's supposed to be a remake coming. There's been a couple trailers for it. I think Chris and I both have kind of mixed reviews, mixed hopes. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yep. I tell you. I'm looking forward to it. I tell you what, if they're even, Chris, if they're even trying, if one of their small term goals, if one of their tiny goals is trying to recapture that magic that they did back in the day, they've got their fucking work cut out for them. Because that game was phenomenal. Incredibly phenomenal. So, we shall see. That's in the future. Uh, Moving on down the line, yeah, as Chris said, there was a couple uh games to deal with Final Fantasy VII. There was, I mean, we'll, we'll loosely talk about them. There was Dirge of, the, Dirge of Cerberus, mm-hmm. which there was a, uh extra character in Final Fantasy VII named Vincent, Vincent Valentine. In this game, he gets his own story, I believe. I believe it takes place sometime in the storyline of Seven. I can't remember... Uh... I think it's supposed to be at some point either before you meet him or at some unknown. I, don't, I can't remember. I, I can't. But anyway. it was his back. No. Okay. Yeah. So there was definitely three there years was def- after. Oh, well, fuck me running. Well, there was, they did go, they did go back into his story and did, they did show like cutscenes to show like, you know, they fleshed out his story more in the game. Yes. But totally different offshoot from Final Fantasy VII, though. This is an action shooter style RPG. Yeah. Uh, I've, I, I had it. I owned it. I did play through it once. Okay ish for what it was. I mean, if you want some more Final Fantasy, you, you'll get it. It's got some Final Fantasy stuff in it, but meh. did you ever play it, Chris? I did. I played it and beat it. Yep, that's that's about how my sentence goes. Yep, I played it and I beat it. Yeah, that's it. I I kind of want to go back through it because Dirge of Cerberus dealt with uh, Deep Ground, I believe they were called, and yeah. that's where a lot of the interesting backstory to Shinra is. Uh huh. Um, so I kind of want to go back and get in, more into that lore. Yeah. There was also a Final Fantasy prequel game. What was that title, Chris? I forget. Crisis Core. Crisis Core, yes. And it was now, on I, the PSP. Have you played it? I have, and I beat it. Tell me what you can about it, because I, I've, I've seen like, I've seen several game plays of it, and I've seen, com- uh, like YouTube channel commentators talk about it, so I know the story. I've never played it myself. So, it takes place seven years before seven, so this is the prequel. And uh, it focuses on Zack, which you don't see a whole lot about Zack in seven. But So, this kind of gives the backstory and more about the Genova Project. Uh, this is where you meet um, Genesis... Oh, uh, yeah, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Angel? Yes. Yes. Because him, Sephiroth, and Angel were kind of the three original 
are three. I won't say original, but they were the most. God, what's the right word? They the project affected them the most. Yeah, I'll put it that way. They were the the desired result or the I, yeah desired results is the best way to put it of the project, and they were where the most pronounced effects were. So yeah. watching them, uh, and this is again where the lore comes in. You know, going through or seeing what they're going through, how it affects their um, personalities, you know, competing with Sephiroth, because how can you do that, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's de- and it's been so long since I played it. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember being, a, a, the main reason people would go for this game is you get backstory for seven you definitely yeah. get a lot of uh, Sephiroth and Zack backstory. You get a more yeah. fleshed out reason why they're there, what happened, where they came from. A lot of a lot of uh, cut scenes, so you get more story, visual flesh out of what happened. So, a, 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 a good title, from what I hear, damn good. Yeah. And this is where, this is also when Shinra was going against Wu Tai. This was oh, when that war yeah. occurred. So yeah. that was happening during the process of the game, and Soldier was the you know tip of the spear for that, including yep. the characters we were just mentioning. Yep. So from this point, I mean, we've got there was a there was a Final Fantasy VII movie called Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, mm-hmm. which was uh, it was also set down the line. It was. Had, it was. Two it years was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty much fan service the movie, but I mean for the for the visuals and for what story they were trying to sell you, it was it was pretty good. I remember being extremely excited about this and kind of fanboying out when I watched it, but over time getting what they were trying to do, it was just it's it's just fan service, which I'm fine. That's cool. Totally cool with that. There were I'm sure there's more Final Fantasy Seven stuff that I'm forgetting, but in any event, seven phenomenon. It happened, folks. Over ten million copies. That's extra. I think the next lowest Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy X, and the reason why that sold so much is because it was one of the early games for the PlayStation Two, which was a brand new console. You see a pattern with those two. So, up uh, moving on, we have Final Fantasy VIII released roughly two years later. Same console, PlayStation. And I will admit that here is where, for me, I didn't dive off the board, but the board started to shake. Final yeah. Fantasy VIII offered lots of new things. It had a different visual style. So this was definitely an answer for those that that cried about Final Fantasy VII's 3D polygon weird morphed looking people well now you got realistic people and that has pretty much stayed the course for the duration of final fantasy's history yes you got pretty much realistic proportioned looking people uh nine nine was a bit off but in general yeah yeah nine had some squat ish characters (laughs) so nine was kind of a mix you know between seven and and uh and eight oh boy uh Final Fantasy VIII, it has its moments. 
it has its shining points, but for me, they were just too far in between. I played through it a couple times in high school. I've got no problem admitting that. To me, to this day, it has one of the coolest airships ever, that fucking dragon that's a half airship, half dragon. When that when he claws up that oh man I love that, not a big fan of the magic system. Me neither. How you, the the junction, the junction system, system. that that really killed it for me. Um, yeah, and really killed my desire. I've told the story before, but I actually have not finished eight, and it was not originally due to a lack of trying. Yeah. I got to, I believe, the second disc, and then. I just couldn't progress the game. Uh, game facts was a thing at that point, so I went online, looked up a strategy guide, went to the last place I was at, double-checked. Something didn't trigger, so I literally yeah. could not progress in the game. And that oh. was, I don't know how many hours I was into the game, but I was on disc two. So I'd be willing to bet it was probably 15 hours in at my slower pace back then. Um, I... I do overall like the story, but I got that far in, but the junction system killed it for me, and then I went to restart it, and my disc one had a scratch. So see, I I had to I had to I had to disagree with you. The story this is this is why the boat started to shake with me, mm -hmm. because I wasn't not only was I not getting the story, I didn't, I wasn't liking it. And especially toward the end of the game when all of Ultimessia's bullshit actually came to fruition. And I, uh, uh. Yeah, see, I've like never I said, gotten that far, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I can't say with a straight face. I'm pretty, pretty sure I played the entirety of this game at least three times. At least three times in my life. But here's the thing. And I, this is kind of biased because I have played six, like, I don't know, 4,000 times. But if you were to ask me, tell, hey, hey, Michael, tell me the story of Final Fantasy VI. Okay, check it out. So you start the game off with Terra and these two, these two Magic Tech guys. They're riding through this town. They're on a mission to go check out this uh, this Esper. They've heard that there's an Esper. They're gonna they're gonna check it out when when Esper, when Terra comes in contact with the Esper, her something in her activates. She becomes she has this like magic freak out, and then Locke finds her, and you go stop. Tell me the story of Final Fantasy VIII. Okay. So Squall is part of CD, and he's doing his training. And him and his party members, I think Renoa and Cypher, go to this island. They battle monsters on the island. They fight this mechanical spider thing on the island. They kill it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they go, they go back to Balaam, and some, something's happened. I don't fucking know. That's not, that's like 15 minutes into the game. That's not counting all the shit where with the, uh, with your, your soul mates, the other three party members that are apparently on the other side of the world or maybe they're another time. I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. I don't hate this game with a fervent passion. I don't shit on this game. It's more like, it's more like a misunderstood child to me. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get it. I saw where they were going, mm -hmm. but I, I just don't, I don't follow through with some of their dis, the, the design decisions. 
I don't get completely wrapped up on the belts and chain shit that the characters were starting to possess, but I don't like how realistic they went. You know, like it, like when I had a choice back in the day of playing that Persona game for the PlayStation or Final Fantasy VII, I would go to Final Fantasy VII. It's just it's just a preference thing for me, and they've hit, they have continued with this realistic perspective ever since then. Now, I know that given graphics, given art, it, it's kind of hard to go back to Final Fantasy 1 or Final Fantasy 4 or Final Fantasy 6 or 7. I get that. But it seems to me the more realistic these characters have looked, the harder it's been for me to believe it. It's harder for me, it's, the harder it's been for me to swallow the games. I know that doesn't make any sense, but I feel like the realism has taken the fantasy out of it. Now, the stories have been all over the fucking place. Yeah. And for me, 8 was the first one where I was like, I kind of don't get it, and I kind of don't follow it. And it's, I don't, it's it's whatever. Um, But you know what it does have? Yeah. Gun blades? Yeah. Yeah. Which, if I'm not mistaken, there is an attack where he actually uses it, where he actually will hit something, and as the blade strikes it, the gun will go off. But I yes. think that's like a special attack. If you time it right, you, I think this is the case where if you press X or whatever button it is, at the as soon as contact is made, that will happen. Yeah. You can trigger it like every attack, from what I understand. And let's be real here, the... The cinematics in this game. The cinematics in this game. I'm sorry, I'm losing my ability to talk as this this medicine's wearing on. The, number one, the opening cutscene to this game, great. Yeah. The 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 operatic music that's playing and the, the 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 way the opening scene is and the fight between Squall and Cipher and oh yeah, all good. Mm-hmm. But then I I revert. Then I think about that. And I think about how cool in concept a gunblade is. I mean, that's also up for debate. Some people hate it, some people love it. I think it's cool. I Chris, can it. we as a Chris, can we end it as the end of time cast make a statement that the gunblade is cool? Yes. Okay, the gunblade is cool, folks. I'm sorry. Whether whether you I, I get how imp- impractical it is. You're gonna like point a big ass blade at somebody and pull a trigger. The idea is you fucking hit it, and as soon as you hit, you shoot them with a bullet. It, it, it's yeah. just a cool concept. And it looked cool. Get off it. You loved Sephiroth. <laughs> you fucking love Sephiroth, who just has long silver hair and a four-mile-long sword, but you don't <laughs> think the concept of a cool-ass blade with a gun on it is whatever. I don't understand you folks. Yeah. But I think about the opening movie. I think about the cuts, the, the cut scene, the way, the way it was, the way it will draw you in. I think about how cool a concept is, like the gun blade, and then I remember the junction system. Yeah. And then I remember that Zell has a face tattoo. And then I remember that half of the story just totally just, it's whatever. I'll tell you this much. Maybe as a challenge, I'll put this to the audience. I'll put this to the audience. If enough of you, and by, by our audience count, I mean like 10. <laughs> if I can get at least 10 audience members to tell me, Michael... Seriously, give this game a shot. You're overblowing it. It's been it's been 
several years, maybe the game's better now. If I can be pushed to play it, maybe just as a science experiment, just for just to see, maybe I'll go back in and play it entirely through and give a full review of what I think about it. But if I'm talking about the decade and something a year ago, me that played it back, or you know, decade and a half that played it in high school, sorry, I played it and I beat it. I tell you what, here's what we'll do. We'll have a episode about Final Fantasy VIII. We'll both oh. play through it, the entire game. Oh, God. And talk about it. Okay, so so episode 237 has just been <laughs> announced, folks. <laughs> Stick around. It's going to get good. <laughs> so, we move on. Mm-hmm. A year later, not not too long either. About a, about a year and a half later, we get Final Fantasy IX again, also for the PlayStation. I liked Nine back in the day. I thought Nine was very charming. I feel like Nine was Square's. I believe they were still Square Soft back in this day. Still, this was Square's way of maybe kind of apologizing because. They, the world still had Ape's look. The monsters still had Ape's looks and graphics. The characters looked semi-real, but they had that squat kind of nature to them. Yeah. It had a, it had a, it had more of a, of a fantasy charm to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play Nine? Did you like it? Did you beat it? What you got to say about so- Nine? I played nine all the way to the final boss, and then I got my butt kicked. So it was one of those cases where I needed to grind for a bit, and then I just played something else. <laughs> yeah. So it I happens. never finished nine. It I happens, got all folks. the way to to the end. Um, I I don't actually remember a whole lot about nine, and it. I really hate this because. Out of all the Final Fantasies, pretty much 7 and, to a certain extent, Tactics are probably only ones I could actually tell you much about the story. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. None of the others have really stuck with me the whole way through. Well, I'll tell you what. Let let me blur Robot 9 for just a minute, and then I'll let okay. you talk about tactics, because we need to talk about that before we go into PlayStation 2 era. Okay. Final Fantasy 9, I've played through this one as well, probably about three three or four times. I will admit that I liked 9 more than 8. I don't like the way the game ended. I don't like the what shit that gets pulled out from under your legs toward the end. I don't like how off the rail the story kind of, how out there it kind of sort of went, especially in Zidane's case, or Zidane, whatever you want to call him. I don't fucking care. But the nine to me had charm. It didn't have the same charm as like one or six, yes, but it did have a charm to it. It had more of that fantasy style to it. Some notable mentions in this game, I... For the longest time, when I first had my very first computer, that scene in 9 where Alexander shows up and rears himself and you see Alexander with the wings out, you got to know what I'm talking about. I had that as my wallpaper on my computer for years before I ever 
you know, changed wallpapers or now I have a random wallpaper thing. Uh, what else? What else? I thought the Akuja's music, Akuja's theme, uh, so good. It rivals Sephiroth's themes in my, in my opinion. I can't, I wish I could, I, I, so these characters kind of like in six, they also had jobs that were, they were locked in. I think Zidane was supposed to be like a bandit, like a thief. Vivi, of course, was a black mage. Uh, there was a, there was a dragoon. Freya was a dragoon. I don't, I don't really know what Queena was. She was like a eater. So I guess maybe she was kind of like Gaul from Six. I, I don't remember. But there was like almost, in my, in my words, there was like a whimsical charm to Nine. That just was not there in Final Fantasy VIII. Maybe because of the main character Zidane, maybe because of Vivi being the way he was, but I remember lots of good points about Nine. Probably would totally go through it again. Oh, Chris, you know something I just completely forgot about? How the fuck have we not talked about this? And I, I think it goes all the way back to Final Fantasy One, if we can make the argument. We didn't even talk about secret bosses in this game. I did talk about Ruby and Emerald Weapon in yeah. 7, but 8 had a secret we- had a hidden boss. 9 had one. I think 9's was Ozma. I forget. Do you remember 8's? I forget 8's. Nah. Yeah. But they all pretty much had... Hell, even Final Fantasy 1, there was a... Let me see if I got this detail right. If you were in the... Uh, I can't remember the name of the tower, but I believe it's the Wind Tower. It's the tower in the desert that lets you get to the sky level that lets you go fight Tiamat, the Wind Boss. There is a long, single pixel or single panel platform leading to Tiamat. It's like 30 or 40 panels long. And on that long walkway, you have a chance to run into Warmech, who is considerably higher level than you and can nuke your ass in no time i guess you could kind of say he's a he's a hidden boss but yeah these games were definitely known for having bosses that are hidden and hard to get to and put up a huge challenge this one was a big uh multicolored rainbow colored sphere named ozma totally whooped my ass i'm pretty sure i beat him though at some point in any event, in my, I, I would personally go back and play Final Fantasy IX before I played eight again. Uh, it's not the greatest Final Fantasy in the world, but it's definitely not bad-ish, in my opinion. But there is one more Final Fantasy that we definitely have to talk about before we leave the Final, the PlayStation era, and that is Final Fantasy Tactics. Now, I did go back through this game last year. I played through it the entirety. It's fresh in my mind. But I've talked enough tonight. I'm going to let Chris take Final Fantasy Tactics. And I'll just chirp in when I have shit to say about it. Because, oh boy, I do. So, Final Fantasy Tactics was released six months, around six months after Final Fantasy VII. So, and that's kind of how I remember. I had them at the same time. I played one and then the other. Um, and I went back and forth between them, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, though, as the name implies, was a strategy game. Uh, so it was a, it was at least my, um, I think it was the first game 
in the Final Fantasy series that wasn't an RPG or, you know, a the standard RPG, a typical RPG. Right. It still had RPG aspects to it as a strategy RPG. Um, but the... Like we said earlier, this game had 33 jobs in the system. There were so many combinations, and you got to keep a, certain abilities from other jobs, so you got to mix and match. And like you said, you could break the game completely uh, at a certain point. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the uh, story is... Not one of the the story's good, but it's not one of those that's it's not super unique. It's like yeah. okay, there's a kingdom, people are you know fighting to take control of it. There's betrayal. There's all these things, you know, plots and uh, that aspect of it. The story, like I said, the story was good, but I didn't care about the story. The gameplay though was so good. Mm. Tile-based strategy. It used. It wasn't quite. It was turn-based, but it was based on what you were doing. So it was a. How, what should I term it? A. A. Help me out here. I mean, it, it pretty much. It's, it pretty much was turn-based because all of your characters had. You had to input your ability. You had to input what you were doing. You had a player phase and then an enemy phase. So you had to plan your movement, your actions, your healing items, your special abilities, whatever, and do what you could do to not only either attack the enemy and kill them, but also set yourself up for what are they going to do to me. Yeah, you had... Aside from the main characters, the characters you added to your group to play with them, and I don't know if they're what the maxes you could have on one map. Was I think there was a one, five? two, three, one, two, three, four, five. I think there was either it was either six or seven. Okay. Yeah. So all these all these characters you had fighting with you, aside from a set number of main characters, they could all die. Um, you had yeah. like three turns. Was a thing, people. <laughs> yeah, you had like three turns to get to them and revive them. Which, when you have an army of enemies between you, potentially because someone gets separated or something like that, that's a rough thing. And I know I back in the day, I reset a bit so I would not lose characters because you had to grind and grind and grind, and then to mm -hmm. lose that character that was brutal. Yep. They had a lot of guest characters that came in, and they all there was they all had reasons why they were there. It, I'll tell you now, it's it's all an opinion, but the damn story was all. I was half and half. I was I was halfway there for the for the gameplay, challenging, strategic thinking, but that story was so good. The story and the music both together, they both tied. They both drug me in, and they both kept me there. The it, the whole, I have a friend that I don't know what his motivations are, and we're splitting up, and blah, 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 blah. I just, ugh, all of it. 
so good. I'm losing. I'm losing. We're losing vocabulary on how to talk about these games because we're we're in the middle of it. We're in the threshold of these are the good good games. But yes, also as you said, there were there were combinations or like a, a job progressions to this game that once you get to a certain level, they're done. I had I believe it was Thief Monk was one of the one of the combinations. I'm pretty sure I had two of those in my party. And I wrecked. I just fucking wrecked that game. It's it's it, you, you can do that, but it also brings in there. I mean, there's other jobs. There there's a geomancer. There's a calculator. There's a chemist. There's a dragoon. A knight. There's just there's so much variety, which also which adds more strategy, which adds more. It's more things for you to do in the game. And it gets challenging. There are, there are a lot of missions in that game that just, they will halt you in your tracks if you don't plan correctly, if you don't act correctly. But, they're not, they're not all so unforgiving that it makes you want to drop the game. It's just, you need to, you need to be doing better. It's just, as, as bad as that sounds. You need yeah. to be using your characters better. You need to look at what they're, who are they bringing to the field? What are their what are their enemy what are the enemy's abilities? What are their movement abilities? What are they able to do? What can I guard against? What do I need to bring with me? It's yeah. it's what the name says, folks. It's a tactics game. And if you're not strategy minded, if strategy games are not in your foray, even though it's a Final Fantasy, it might not be your cup of tea. But for know. me Go ahead. I don't know and you're talking about the difficulty. I never ran into any missions where I was just getting, you know, stomped on. Mm -hmm. But based on what I've heard recently, especially uh, kind of based on the speedrunning community, but it went to normal playthroughs as well, casual playthroughs, was there are one or two missions that if you're not prepared for, will just game over you. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of one right off the bat, but yeah. I think on my playthrough, I did so much grinding because that's, what I would do. I would load up the game. I would go throw some pebbles until I got enough AP or whatever, JP, whatever points it used. Mm-hmm. Upgraded stuff. And that's what I would do. And then eventually I'd do a story thing when I wanted stronger enemies. Yeah. Um, because I was determined to unlock everything. Yeah. Which I don't know if I ever did or not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I tried. I did beat the game though. I, I didn't, yeah. you know, not beat the game because I was trying to do that. Yeah, it's just one of the things I, I wanted to get it out all. I I beat it on my. It was not. It, now it was not on purpose. It was not because the game was not good. But I beat the game one and only one time back in the day, in my high school days, and I mean I knew I, I owed it to myself to play that game again. And I like I said I played it last year. I played through it and I beat it. Uh, it's it, it. I got a fresh perspective on it. I got a different look on it. I think, I think it was actually in this podcast I was talking about it. I'm saying last year like it was fucking fourteen months ago, but yeah, it's it's worth a play. It's it's up there. There may or there may or may not be better tactics games. I don't know because tactics are not one of the main games that I go for. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it both playthroughs. Definitely recommend it. It's a yep. good game. Well, we don't have many more left. We are now in the PlayStation <laughs> 2 era. I say that. I say that. 
Uh, we got Final Fantasy X for the PlayStation 2. Again, a leap. We're now into a next generation of consoles, which means more graphics or better graphics, better music, uh, possibly longer play, more and better. So, Chris, for you, did the PlayStation 2's jump in the Final Fantasy world blow your mind, or was it just a fizzle? No, it was not a big enough leap for me to go, oh my god, I... It seemed like a natural progression. Like I said, 6 to 7, completely different. You know, 2D to 3D. 10, you're still 3D. You just get a little bit better quality. It wasn't. It just, it didn't blow my mind. As far as graphics go. Um, The big thing, 10, you know, 10 gets a lot of crap. But all in all, I didn't think it was a bad game at all. Um, sure, Titus has his annoying laugh. That's what everybody, you know, points out. That's what the memes yeah, are it's, about. It's a fucking but, meme game. But aside from that, it wasn't a bad game. The grid sphere system, you know, I'd put it probably right behind the material system and systems I enjoy in games, in I RPGs. Agree. It gave you the flexibility to level your characters as you wanted to specialize them. If you wanted to, and they, sure, they were, the spheres were kind of biased for players based on where they started, what they wanted you to make them do. They wanted, you know, what's her name to be a mage, so they started her in the middle of the spells and whatnot. But you could work your way over to the melee side, to the fighting side. And do that if you wanted to. And ultimately you would because that would help overall. You know, you can always rely on magic or always on physical. So being able to do both, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but my goal was to max out the sphere. And you can absolutely do it in the game. Wow. Um, I I may have. I'm going to say I did. Just to be cool. <laughs> I actually need to look and see if the... Because I did 100% this on the... Uh, HD remake. Wow, and that's saying something because I remember that one fucking oh man. I got. <sighs> I don't know if I hundred percent it in game, but I got hundred percent achievements. That's why I'm curious yeah. if the uh, and I say achievements, but it's trophies because it's PlayStation. But right, if there's one for maxing out the sphere grid, and I did it. Uh, let's see, let's see. There's a lot of defeating, getting all the summons. Or what were they called in 10? The, uh. Idol, Eidolons. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Aeons. Aeons, yeah. Yeah. Eidolons was nine, sorry. The. While I'm looking at these. It also had one of the funnest mini games in Blitzball, which it wasn't greatly designed, <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. It had a lot of issues, sure, but it was fun to play. Um, My disdain for Blitzball was not because the system was bad. It's just I just veer away from sports things, period, and I thought that's what this was trying to go toward. It is and it isn't, but I just kind of waved a hand at it. I did it when I needed to do it. when I, I did it when I had to, and I did it to unlock whatever needed to be unlocked, but I, I didn't get into it. But the one minigame I absolutely hated 
was the Kokobo racing out on the, uh, our Kokobo, the catcher Kokobo, where you had to hit the balloons and the balloons subtracted your time, but then you had birds that could hit you. So you're trying to get to the destination. Wow, I vaguely, was this in 10? Yes. Wow. And the trophy is to complete it with a time of zero, 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 which means you get enough balloons to take off all your time you use to get to the objective. Right. That took me so long. Um, and yes, there is a trophy for completing the sphere grid on all characters, or on all main characters, and I did that. Nice. So I did that grind. I'm pretty sure I did it originally uh, on PS3 because the HD remaster was on PS3. Uh, which is why I had trophies. But I think I might have done it on PS2 as well, at least for a couple of the characters. But that system, like I said, yeah, it was so good. Um, story? Eh, it, not eh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's one of those where I was like, oh, okay. I see what's happening now. But I had no idea going through. I was like, okay. Going through, collecting all the things. Escorting this priestess, she's doing her thing, and then it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <clears throat> so, definitely Again, got the twists in there. Probably not the worst story in Final Fantasy history, but, I mean, I, I could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Two, I guess, quote-unquote, well, not, we'll say side quest things that I could not stand. One... The lightning. The timing of the lightning thing. Oh, 200 yeah. of those to get the thing. <laughs> Took me way too long. I mean, that's... I Get get, get good. Get I better. Pressing the that. button at the right time. Sure, whatever. But also... I, I would have to look this up to figure this out. Because I did it, and it fucking pissed me off. I think I literally had to go back to the game entirely because of this. I believe that there was... In a crystal, in a crystal area of the game, there was a treasure chest, and you could not get that treasure chest. Something like if you had opened these four other random chests in the game, something like that. And I remember going through the game, getting to this area. This area is way, way into the game. We're talking 40, 50 something hours. And just going to that thing and doing that, oh, trying to find the thing and it not doing anything. There's nothing there. This is back before I had the internet access. Back before I, back before I had internet access. So I had no way of figuring this out. I had to go buy a guide and find out what the fuck this was. And it was, it was something like that. Something where you had to do something enough times or not do something enough times in order for that chest to be there. I want to say it was somebody's ultimate weapon or a thing to unlock an ultimate weapon. Uh, comments, let let me know. Let me know what it was. I'm sure you've been through it. You probably did it. I'm sure I remember going back and doing it too, but the initial time, the, my first time going through, I did not get it because I'd fucked it up somehow and didn't even know that I had fucked it up. Horrible. No, I'm not sure. Uh, for when it came out, for what it was, I was excited about it coming out. I remember I worked at Walmart at the time, and I got my own copy, like, right out of the box when we opened it that night. So, 
It, it has some memories. And to tell you the truth, what I do like about it, I did like the battle system. I liked how it was, for example, if there's a flying enemy, Titus mm-hmm. cannot hit it because it's flying. Waka yeah. can hit it because he can throw something at it. He can throw a projectile at it. Right. And so on and so forth. I, I liked all of that. That all appealed yeah. to me. And I believe this is the first where it actually showed you the turns? Or was that mm-hmm. 10 Where it showed you who was I, coming up next? Uh, I think this was it. Yeah, there was like a... I believe there was a bar at the top that showed what was happening. I don't think six did it. I think six just had, yeah, six didn't have it. You just had your meters for the ATB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I, I just saw a screenshot, and yeah, it's in the top right. Either way, six not a horror. I'm up six. Good God, no, six <laughs> is not a horrible game. Ten not a horrible game. Uh, it's, it's, I chalk it up there with maybe eight and nine. Try it out. If you like it, cool. If you don't, hey, I can understand. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It did have a sequel. Yep. It was Final Fantasy X2, which we will, we will dress up. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I played it. I, I played it and I beat it. It had a system where you, uh, you would equip different, it was, there were three female protagonists, and they had different outfits, and the outfits gave you abilities slash magic, mm-hmm. etc. Played it, I didn't love it, I didn't hate it, I just played it and beat it, and life moved on. Yeah, I haven't beat it. Um, the dress sphere system was a huge step back. Um, the Grisphere system was so good. I don't know why they felt the desire to change that in a direct sequel. Yeah. It just didn't make sense to me. And for those wondering, no, it was not because it was just three girls that were the protagonists. The, the The game itself was just, for a Final Fantasy story, for one, it being a direct sequel, let me think. Yeah, for it being a direct sequel, this is a first. And it felt yes. very lackluster for a direct sequel. It tied loose ends. It had more to the story. It, I believe it tied up the, uh, in a secretish way. It tied up Titus and Squall. Uh, Titus and Squall. <laughs> That's where I'm going with this. Yep, it tied up the story between Titus and Squall. Shine his gunblade for him. I don't know. But. It's just that it, I don't remember much about it. I played it, I beat it, I moved on with life. So, it is what it is. Next, we got Final Fantasy twelve. I, I think I just gushed about this enough on about three episodes ago. Chris, have you... I, I, I know I asked you this 20 times. Mm-hmm. Have you played it? Have you beat it? Yeah, this is the one that disappoints you because I don't remember anything about it. Oh, I yeah, I played that's it, right. I beat it. The only thing I know about is that there's some sort of combo that I was impressed enough that I took a picture with a webcam <laughs> from my computer just to see that number. I don't know why. I don't know what it was about. Yeah. I remember literally nothing about this game. Um, I do have the uh, remaster. Or Did they call it a remaster or was it a... I think it was just Final Fantasy 
I don't know. There may be an official actual title. I don't yeah. know. The the remake, the remaster they just released on PS4 back yeah. in October-ish, mm-hmm. somewhere around then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have that on my list to play now that I have my PS4. It's on my list to get to fairly soon just so I can go back and give it a fair shake. I don't know why I don't remember much about it. I don't know what was going on, you know, what other games I was playing or, you know, what dramatic life events were occurring to make me completely block out a game to this extent. Yeah. Who knows, man? It could be one of them where you just you played it and you had other stuff going on. You had other games going on. And it could be the same man, it could be the same for me in Final Fantasy Nine. I could or uh, or even Final Fantasy Eight. I could probably play that today and it would just blow my mind. But eh. For me, twelve is up there the greats. It is my second favorite Final Fantasy of all time. Story, the music, the battle system, everything about that game. Uh, we're kind of running along on time. I'd hate to gush about it for another 20 minutes, but I could. I'll tell you this, and I've mentioned this before. For anybody that doesn't want to sit through 80, 90 hours of an RPG, but can stand sitting maybe four or five, maybe even sessions, and watching a video game movie, uh, even back in the day, that's like 72 us, by the way. Somebody took every story story scene and uh, movie cutscene in Final Fantasy XII and played them all in a row and made like a movie. And again, I want to say it's about four or five hours long, but it's so worth it to me. It'll get you through all of what you need of twelve. You don't have to worry about the gamut system and you don't have to worry about it, really anything. You can just watch it and get the story of it. Highly recommend it. For me, that was, I love it. I, I, there were things that I did not like. I understood what they were trying to do with 12. When people look at 12, if they look from the outside in, it was really hard to tell who a main character was because you would see Vaughn on the cover predominantly. But even when you play the game, Balthier will tell you, but I'm the leading man. But there really kind of wasn't a leading man. I mean, the story really revolves around Ashelia. So, who knows? But that didn't bother me. I didn't get caught up in who is the main character. The story itself was the main character for me. I, I revolved around the characters in the story, not the characters themselves. The I, I didn't like how, like... Technically, Vaughn and Pinello both, you could kind of do away with them. I think those two characters were additions because of something. That's some trivia for uh, our fans to look up. But you could totally not have Vaughn in that story and have the same outcome. I believe I believe the same for Pinello. So that that would be a that would be a takeaway from the game. I enjoyed it. I I need to go back through and play that game. And not just watch the movie. I have a bad habit of that these days. I will literally just watch the movie and not play the game. But it also has one of the one of the not hardest, more like tedious bosses, uh, secret bosses in Final Fantasy history, excluding I think uh, Final Fantasy 15 now has Adamantoys that apparently takes like a day to beat. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but Yasmat for Final Fantasy XII 
on average, takes people about three, three and a half hours to fight. Now, that's back in the day. I'm sure there's strategies and yada yada, but it took me two, at least two, to fight and beat, and I did it, and I was like, eh, fuck that. I'm good with Secret Bosses for a while. Good game. Leads into Final Fantasy. You know what? We went from 10 to 12. We didn't talk about 11. I guess we can talk about I guess we can talk about 11 for a hot minute. Chris, tell me about 11. What the fuck is Final Fantasy 11? Man, so Final Fantasy 11 is diff- the first game in the series that was, I was going to say different because Tactics was different. It's a and departure for sure. Yeah, it is a MMO RPG. So you go from the single player RPGs, which are all, I say all, they're, okay, they're all great because I'll just say generalized Final Fantasy. You have your ups and downs, but. This great series is now a MMO. If that's not enough, it's a... I was trying to think of how to describe Final Fantasy XI in a way to convey why it is so good. It is unique when it comes to MMOs. So not only do you get a fairly decent story and mmos are kind of hit and miss on stories it's usually gameplay mechanics the social aspect you typically have a reason other than story why you're playing it the story for final fantasy 11 though is actually not bad the it has its ups and downs the latest expansion they released uh was actually good it was one of the uh, better stories as far as the expansion goes. Mm. The game has had five expansion packs and three add-ons to it on top of the base game. So it's been going, you know, it's not a while where they have 17 or however many they have, 100 at this point, but it's not necessary. Yeah. It, they tell a good story, but the mechanics of the game are what keep people like me playing it a decade later. Yeah. Um, it's still going to, to this day, guys. Even even though Square cut the servers, there's still personal... There's uh, Yeah, there's personal servers that people will still play the game on. Yeah, there are private servers. Um, private servers, good God. I told you I can't talk anymore. I actually have people that contact me every once in a while asking for updated patches from wow. the public servers so that they can uh, patch their private servers easier. Because once mm-hmm. you connect it has to do with you know the authentication and then it ruins part of the private installation. I don't get into it but I you know help them out if they ask for it. I actually have a friend who asked me yesterday to get on 11 to play with them. So I'll be doing that later this week. Because I've been wanting to go back and play it but it's one of those things where I know I'm going to just play it and play and play it, and I'll end up skipping other games. And that's not something I can afford to do right now because I have so many good games to play that going back and grinding in 11 is going to take me away from. But I can do it. I did a few months ago. I went a couple months and played, and then I finally started playing other games, and then it fell to the wayside again, which is how I've been, you know, over the last decade with it. I'll play it for a few months at a time and then move on to non-online games and then get sucked back in because it's 
there's an itch that scratches. And one of the things that, and we need to have an MMO episode at some point. Agreed. But one of the things that I think separates it the most from other MMOs is you don't have an action bar. That is one quality I can distinctly point out that I think makes it superior to most other MMOs because they had to have an alternative for that. And the alternative to the action bar from typical MMOs, they did it right. Mm-hmm. They, it gives you the flexibility, the ability to just do essentially what you want without having the limitations of, you know, 10 keys, however many are typically on action bar. I think it's 10, 1 through 0. Right. And are holding shift for second and third rows and control and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's only a single ability. <clears throat> Whereas you can go into a menu and you have 50 spells to choose from or 20 job abilities you can choose from. So many different things that just make this one of the superior MMO systems as a whole. Yeah. It was, uh, it took Final Fantasy to a different play style. It took it to an online perspective. And it's shown for a lot. Good God, this game had what? Uh, nine expansions? Eight? Somewhere around there. What, 11? Yeah. It had five expansions and three add ons. Well, okay. Well, close enough. Either way. Definitely. And again, it shows its age today, like all MMOs will do eventually. But for what it was in its time, it's sh- it shone bright. I played it for a while. I was into it. I got out of it. I got back into it, and I stopped playing it. I didn't play another one until I played 14, but I do know that aside from any negative times that I did have, like being a samurai looking for a party all day long, I enjoyed it. it it's it, it's it'll it'll bring it'll take you back. It'll make you come back to it. So, so we talked about eleven. Talked about twelve. Do I guess we have to talk about (laughs) thirteen? I mean, we don't have to, but we have to. So, thirteen was the next jump from generations. It went from the PS2 to the PS3 and Xbox 360. Yep. So here we're now getting into the Xbox being included, multi-platform, blah blah blah. Thirteen was crapped all over for how linear it is. Yes. And because it takes around 13 hours to get to the open world segment. Mm-hmm. And that is ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't hate the game. I played it. I'm pretty sure I got all the achievements for it. Um, but I this is the this is a step away from the ATB turn-based system. Completely. You have attack, and you have your own ATB bar, but you're pressing the button to attack, and you have different attacks you can do, and you're trying to do combos with the right types of attacks to stagger the enemy, which for a lot of the bigger enemies, it's the only way you can kill them is to stagger them because you do increased damage then. Or for some that are literally bigger, as in physically bigger, you can't even get to their weak point until they fall over or something. So the battle system was the was really the thing that 
I dislike the most about it. Story, it it's a story. Um, it's <laughs> not great. It's not terrible. I mean, it's in between it. It has a story. It makes sense in the. It progresses in a logical manner. You're discovering these things about Lassie and Falci and these crystals and all this stuff and saving the world or not even the world, but just this little floaty thing. Cocoon. Just this metal mm-hmm. ball. The whole world is fine. Just these people that live up in this ball are not. Um, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. The story mm-hmm. was one of the things that turned me off of this game. I felt like it started to get up its own ass. I didn't. <laughs> I got. They were going way too fucking out there, and it just. I couldn't wrap my head around half of it. But hey, I'm a big dummy, so don't listen to me. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least it wasn't like thirteen two, which involved <laughs> time travel. Yeah, this game also got a direct sequel. Not one, two. But two! <laughs> yeah, oh, and this man. is this is one of those where, I mentioned it before, I think the order is either 3-2-1 or 2-3-1, with the first one being the worst of the three, uh, which is very unusual for a series. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, two, time travel, that was interesting it played all three games play pretty similar there are minor differences i don't know if the paradigm system was in the first one it is in second and third and i think third tweaked the paradigm system some and the big thing about the third one is not only does it take place 500 years later whereas i believe 13.2 is one year two years at most something like that but you're doing time travel so it doesn't matter you're going all over the timeline. But then three is 500 years later. Oh, and you have a time limit to play through the game, by the way. Hmm. So that the time limit on three was really the biggest downside to it because it kind of takes away from the exploring and finding everything. You're like, oh, well, I want to explore more about this area, but I can't because I'm running out of time. You have to do multiple playthroughs, and that's not a good way to entice people to do multiple playthroughs. Because then at the point, it just feels tedious because, oh, I'm not going to add another 15 hours or however long the game was. It was probably more like 30. But I'm not going to add another 15 hours to get to this point to see something different because I didn't have enough time at this one point to see more. Yeah. Yeah. So That's the thing. The 13 trilogy was something. If anything, it's a case study for, you know, what, what you think if it takes a turn in the series, positive or negative. Uh, I, I'm with the majority on this one. The linearity turned me off. The story going fucking whole crazy turned me off. I made it all the way through to the end of this game, and I think I was either right before the final battle or at the final battle, and I just dropped it. <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't give, I couldn't care anymore. I didn't have a reason to go forward with it, and I ended up trading it in sometime later. It is what it is. They can't all be winners. Who knows? Maybe I'll play two, and I'll think it's worse than this, but, yeah, I mean, actual Final Fantasy 2, not, not X13 2. We'll not be mm-hmm. playing that. 
Uh, a point of note about this, Lightning became a fucking icon. Yeah. Like, crazy. Like, doing magazine model shoots and makeup commercials, etc., etc., etc. Kind of crazy. But, hey. Last two we got, and we're saying again for the, the episode that we're talking today, we only got two left, at least in the main franchise. We got Final Fantasy XIV. I just be really quick about this. If you like eleven, you'll love fourteen. It's another MMO Final Fantasy. Maybe. It pays pays a lot of direct tributes to Final Fantasy series as a whole. You'll have lots of nostalgia. You'll run across a lot of familiar faces. You'll have familiar bosses, characters, enemies done in a new light. It's very, very interesting to see uh old two D 2D style graphics and whatnot be fully portrayed in 3D. The battle systems is, is, is fine. The, the storyline is intriguing. It gets better and better as the expansions go along. You have a wide variety of jobs and classes to choose from. There's crafting as well. There's, it's an MMO, folks, and it feels like a well pieced together, uh, piecemealed MMO from other MMORPGs. Does a lot of things right. If uh, MMORPGs are up your alley or you're looking for a place to start, start here. It's I dare say it's maybe a little easier to start with than World of Warcraft, but just as good, just as fulfilling. It, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Really the only two things I have to add about 14. Uh, first is that one thing I do really like about it is that changing your weapon is what changes your job. Yes. So being able to just switch that, you know, obviously when you're out of combat and whatnot, but just being able to change that and go, oh, I need to go uh, harvest now. I just equip my, you know, axe and go, or my sickle, depending on what harvesting I'm actually talking about, logging or gathering. Right. Um, I just equip what I want. I can go fish, and that's it. You have abilities you carry over from jobs. Um, higher level you are, the more you unlock, I believe. And... It was a really interesting way to do the job change because, like in 11, when you change jobs, you have to go back to your Mog House, which is your residential area, and mm. change there, which wasn't a big deal. But if you're in the middle of a dungeon, you can't change, which right. adds its own. It makes sense for that because, you know, you're supposed to prepare ahead of time, blah, blah, blah. But being able to change on the fly is interesting. And having gathering combined with that or your crafting in general combined with that was interesting because you're not just switching between combat jobs you completely lose most of your combat abilities to gather or to craft yep so and the other thing i was going to mention is that 14 was actually re-relaunched oh god i'm so sorry i forgot to mention that yeah go ahead I, I started playing the uh, 14 during the open beta in 2010, and they relaunched it in 2013, and I, I'm i to the point where I don't remember why, but I actually preferred it before the relaunch. Mm. Um, there are a couple of things I do like afterwards, like they got rid of, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't know if this was with the relaunch or later, but they got rid of the plus two version of items and stuff. They reduced the number of items there were. Yeah. Because the, the inventory management was ridiculous. And the having to pay, I believe you had to pay money to unlock additional 
the little NPC you could store items on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I mean, Eleven's a storage nightmare, which it's gotten better. They've added more storage. Um, but 14 was just a nightmare, trying to manage all the plus ones, plus twos, and I'm a hoarder. So <laughs> a bad inventory system just kills it for me. Right. But I just I couldn't stick with 14. 11 to me is just so much better. I just overall like the mechanics more. Yeah, they're both good in their own respects, in their own way. So, again, MMO, if it's up your alley, you want to try it, give me the one I'm going to try. Hell, I think 14, uh, 11 has a, uh, like a premiere edition on Steam. Gives you all the expansions and the add-ons, and it's, of course, in the newer upgraded version, so the better graphics, yada, yada, yada. I have good things to say about 14 and 11. That's the takeaway from this. They're, they're, they're both good in their own respects. Uh, so that leaves us for the last of it. Now, of course, we didn't mention the Game Boy titles. Uh, there, there've got to be other spinoffs. I know there's like a Chocobo racing game out there somewhere, but just talking about the main, most of the main games tonight, the last main game in the, in the, in the series, Current to date is Final Fantasy 15. And I have not played 15. So, <laughs> have you played 15? Uh, yes, I have not beat it yet. And I find that really sad because it wasn't like 8 where the game glitched on me. It wasn't like 9 where I got sidetracked instead of grinding at a boss. I played through all the 13 games. I can deal with issues and games. 15 just graphically looks beautiful. It is a amazing game visually. It just doesn't it I don't know what they were thinking with it. Why am I driving around a car? I mean, the driving around the car is cool on its own, but it takes so long to get places. You can fast travel some but only once you've been there, etc. The combat, you only control one of your characters, which is something that started with 13. Mm-hmm. Is also that way you only control the one character. Um, I think you could switch which one you control, but in 15 you can't. I believe a DLC added, one of the DLCs for 15 actually enabled you to play as one of the other characters. But I don't know if that's through the entire thing or only for that character's DLC, you know, playing through their part of the story. But you can only play your main character and the combat is very lackluster. Mm. It just, the story, the story I think is actually what I've seen so far is decent. But overall, it it leaves something to be desired. There's not that there hasn't been that thing that snags me. It makes me want to keep playing. Um, having to, they have this cooking system where you can cook things once you find the recipes, and they give you boosts for that day. Um, monsters appear at night that are stronger than the ones during the day, which is an interesting system. But it's so frustrating when you're trying to drive from one area to another. And it takes so long that you literally go from morning to night before you get there. 
Mm. And then you have to stop, rest, so it goes to daylight, or try running around enemies, which is, doesn't work very well, because your car doesn't, you can get your car towed to you, but you, it, it's inconvenient trying to get yeah. from one place to another at times. And it's yeah. just like I said, overall, I haven't had that, that hook while playing it, so I haven't. And how many finished. hours are you into it? You know, I have no idea. Oh well, you know. Um, it's I I haven't played it at all. I've seen several people like I mean, I, of course, I've seen the quick look from Giant Bomb. I've seen them play it. I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple of Let's Player or Let's Player channels run through random bits of it. And I gotta tell you, from if, even from the onset. I wish I could specify why. I'm sure if I was given another hour, I could. I'm not going to do that. But nothing about 15 truly grabbed me from the get-go. Like, even looking at it from the outset. Yes, it's, it's it has nice graphics. And yes, it looks it looks beautiful. And the combat looks interesting as in I want to try it because it looks different combat. But... I guess that same fucking shit from Final Fantasy VIII still lingers and has put its foothold in me. I feel like on eight I gave up on a lot of Final Fantasy stuff. I gave it chances. Nine did okay. Twelve did pretty good. But I just, I just feel like I have not been drawn to Final Fantasy like I used to be. And it's sad, but 15's been the testament. There has been nothing that I've seen or heard. I've had nobody push me to play it. I haven't seen anything that made me cross that threshold. So to this day, Final Fantasy fifteen has been out. It's a brand new Final Fantasy on a next-gen system. I just have no desire to play it. So, so I've I've made it to Chapter 8 in the main story of fifteen. To I think eight. there are 13 or 15 chapters. And you haven't had a hook yet. Wow. Right. Um, wow. I was to the point where I was trying to do side quests before I progressed because I believe you get locked out of areas for a while and I didn't want to have to deal with it when I got back. So I yeah. wanted to get to the side stuff before I went on. Um, one thing that you mentioned in the combat system, I mentioned it too, but this is one of the things that has me worried about the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. If they do the combat system... Anything like 15, I am going to be very disappointed and upset with the game. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what, I haven't played 15, so I can't make a comparison. You probably could more than me, but apparently given the, given the trailers that people see for the 7 remake, mm -hmm. they say the combat looks similar. Yeah. I think they mean that the graphic styles look similar, but I don't know if the actual physical combat is similar. I'll go through and watch the trailers because I don't know if I've actually seen anything gameplay related. So I'll go through and watch that and uh, give you more thoughts on that next time. Yeah. So, folks, we've talked about 15 Final Fantasies. Rounding it out, my I think my final thoughts are pretty simple. Final Fantasy was a it was a pillar in the final in the RPG realm. There's no, there's no saying that they can't pull themselves out of the hole. I don't know what it's going to take. I think a few key directors and a few character designers shuffling around may help.
I think direction, there's always been a direction that I want Final Fantasy to go back to. I've always wanted them to go back to what they were doing with Final Fantasy 1 through 6. 7 was okay enough. But I think after 8, 8 and beyond, things just changed for Final Fantasy and stuff that they just, I mean, 14 did a pretty good job, but 14 has a lot of fan service though. It's not strictly, it's not its own thing. And I don't know. I look at companies today like Capcom, which has had a, as of this recording, has had a huge surge back in popularity. Yeah. You know, doing the Mega Man, doing Street Fighter Correct, uh, bringing Devil, bring, actually bringing Devil May Cry back, so on and so forth. So I'm not saying that they can't pull themselves out of this slump. But who's to say they're in a slump? Because from what I hear, Final Fantasy XV sold well. Well, just like they say in Hollywood, if the shit sells well, they're going to keep shoveling it. I mean, who knows? It, it, it sold well, but they also hyped it up yeah, ridiculously. They did. So they set people up, and if people like me, you know, don't care a whole lot, then it doesn't leave me a whole lot of desire to play the next one. Now, will I? Yes, because I'm a Final Fantasy fan, and it's... I made it through thir- three, uh, you know, episodes of 13. Jesus. I can, you know, keep playing. I'll keep playing because I, I want them to get better and I want to enjoy the Final Fantasy franchise. Yeah. But for those that aren't as hardcore into Final Fantasy, they may not touch the next one because of 15, even yeah. though they bought it. They They have the potential. I mean, again, you have two powerhouse RPGs combined as one. You have Squaresoft and Enix together. I don't know what magic needs to work, but somehow they need to come together and bring back the old school magic. It's sad that I'm saying that because that's 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. We'll take 2 away for 11 and 14. We'll add 2, so still 13. That's 8 fucking titles. That they've had to work through, and it just they had they haven't they just haven't been the same. We'll see. Well, who knows what Final Fantasy 16 is going to be like? And here's hoping that Seven's going to wow us and be a great game and, and knock our socks off. It, I hope so. I hope so. I hope that in the future they can recapture the magic that I had. That if they can bring back the feeling I had back in the day when I played Final Fantasy VI or when I first played Final Fantasy One. It'll be it'll be a good thing, but for now, I just don't agree with the directions they're going. I, I don't I don't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Time will tell. Speaking of time, that's gonna do it for this episode of the End of Time Crash. Chris, do you think you think you've think we said enough about Final Fantasy? Think we gave it its due diligence? Uh the main games. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't even got to the. Uh, oh man, <laughs> there's a few of other ones. We'll save that for another day. Maybe we'll do like an offshoot episode. Who knows? But that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, what do you think about Final Fantasy in general? That is a broad umbrella of a topic for you to make uh, comments, questions, suggestions, share stories about. We'd love to hear what you think. I bet you think Final Fantasy VIII is the greatest game of all time. Hey, that's fucking cool. Let us know why. Let us know your memories about it. I bet you can't stand Final Fantasy XII. That's cool, too. Let us know about it. I bet you played Final Fantasy XI for two years and dumped it because it was utter fucking garbage. That's okay. 
Everybody has their opinions. We'd love to know yours. We'd love to know what you do or don't like. There's plenty to talk about in the Final Fantasy realm if you've played something or have heard about it or have interest in it. Let us know. You can like, you can, uh, of course, we love you to like us, but you can comment on our Facebook page. That's probably how you found us here at the End of Time Cast. You can send us an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or numbers in that, just as it is. We have a Twitter page, Twit Final Fantasy. We want you to twit Final Fantasy at us. Just twit, twit Final Fantasy. We'd love to hear it. We got another episode coming up soon. Until then, that's going to do it. I think I've said it's going to do it for us three times now. <laughs> if I can go for five, maybe I can get some cookies or something. I don't know. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please share us out there. Let gamers know about us. Put the word out. We'd love to have more audience. We'd love to have some feedback. Send us an email. Share us all those things. We love it. Till next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. 